action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 121 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Cole Jones. Evening all. And Kieran O'Rourke. Do it to it folks, do it to it. And we are back once again this week returning to the critically acclaimed Monday Night War timeline here at SCG Radio. This time talking April of 1999 in the WWF and WCW covering every Raw Nitro pay-per-view from the era. Uh, of course with notes from the Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the time. Lots of uh, great notes to get to here this week, gentlemen. A lot of interesting shows, themes and topics to discuss. Uh, for those of you who have never heard an episode of the timeline before, you can of course go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com been doing the timeline now, uh, covering it from the very beginning and how uh, the, the very embryotic moments of the war, leading through now to April of 1999. Uh, the last episode of the timeline, Raw had just set a new all-time record, doing a 6.5. Uh, for Raw and Nitro had dropped to a very very sad 3.5. However, uh, one of the final notes in March was that never fear anybody. There's a new set, a new logo, a new look coming. There's going to reinvent the wheel in World Championship Wrestling, Carl. Almost like a reboot. A reboot? Well, if they use that sparingly, it could work. Well, we'll see. We'll see just how far this uh, this progresses the, the company. But uh, like we say, a lot to discuss, of course. Ten pages of notes is always here. So uh, let's get to it. We're going to kick off first the very first note we have regarding Davy Boy Smith, who is currently suffering from an undiagnosed infection in the spine, which could be a staph infection, and as of last reports, late uh, was in intensive care at Rocky View Hospital in Calgary. Smith had been crippled in recent weeks with both back and abdominal pains and had dropped 40 pounds, but tests determined that he didn't have cancer, though doctors are stumped as to exactly what he has. He described his pain as the feeling of having a knife in the back 24 hours a day. Uh, Smith was also diagnosed as having a crushed C9 and C10 disc in his back, and has four fractured discs, uh, which at this point looks to necessitate career-ending back surgery to place titanium in his back, and the infection has also resulted in his veins collapsing, so he's having to be fed with an IV. So a very poor start to April here for Davy Boy. That children's programme told you back in the day, stay away from that trapdoor. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> something down <there. laughs> uh, Yeah, anyway, so this will be a recurring story in the month of April. We'll come back to the uh, the stats of Davy Boy. Obviously, he hadn't had a great run in WCW up to this point. He's back, he's fucked by the signs of it. It's fucked. It's yeah. fucked six ways from Sunday. Uh, WCW took out a huge ad in USA Today on April 2nd with the new logo, which read, Looks like something a bird left on the hood of my car, and never mentioned anything about wrestling, just listed April 5th at 8pm with a TNT logo. This is great. If you like stuff that looks like bird shit, (laughs) tune in to this unnamed show. Tremendous. Tremendous. We, we looked at this obviously before we came on the air just for an extra giggle. We put it on the Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash SCG radio. And uh, yeah, it's real. It's real, folks. It's mentioned in Death of WCW. We checked it out and uh, there it is. Unbelievable. So if that makes, if WWF is the panda company, does that make them the bird shit company? <laughs> I guess it does. Um, Conan appeared on the new WCW live internet show last week and stirred up quite a bit of controversy. You gassed. 
<laughs> he ran out of breath halfway through. As long as it's not his music video, I don't care. When a caller asked what he thought he'd be doing in a year, he said, I find it highly unlikely that I'll be here. The best thing they can do is release me, which I'm sure you agree with, Carl. Oh, yes. When asked about Rey Mysterio Jr.'s recent up and down push, Conan said, Are we allowed to mention the other guys? Because I've got two words for you. Erratic booking. He talked about Nitro's upcoming change in direction and said if they're going to refresh the show, they should refresh the top talent. He makes some interesting points. He does indeed. Mm. He, I, I feel he might be uh, actually on the money in this he case. He spends a lot of time thinking about the business when he's trying to catch his breath. <laughs> which is most of the time. Which is most of the time. In probably the single most classless move in company history, Diane Myers of WCW Legal FedEx David Boy Smith his termination notice effective immediately on April 5th. WCW used the 90-day injury clause to terminate its contract, which had approximately two years remaining. A Calgary Sun article this past week talked of Smith potentially suing WCW over the termination, since the injury occurred due to the unsafe working environment of the ring with the trap door, and several wrestlers suffered injuries during that time period due to taking bumps on the door. So, a uh, Davy Boy injured on WCW ring? You're fired. <laughs> which... Having said that, it's not the first time they've done it. They've done it to Steamboat. I know, I was expecting a lot worse when you said it went to the most despicable, whatever it was. The, uh, yeah. Uh, some, I, I was expecting worse, to be honest. Yeah. I'm pretty much in agreement with Kieran there. I was, I didn't know where you were going with that, and I was expecting far worse than someone being released because they were hurt. I am surprised that in this, as we've talked about before, this kind of arms race for talent during the uh, the Monday Night War, that, especially on the WCW side, these guys weren't saying, nah, I don't really want to sign that contract with that injury release clause in there because that's a bit bullshit and it doesn't really protect my future interests so mm. no thank you I'm not signing that well the top stars got away with it oh well there you go then but uh, you know the, the rank and file as go. Gene Oakland once called them all they can still make like you know eight figures a year yeah. but <laughs> yeah, yeah that clause is going in more there. on the contracts being dished out later in this episode yeah, by the way. being part of the uh, the rats and mice in pro wrestling in the 90s paid pretty well <laughs> We move now to April 5th, head-to-head. Uh, Nitro does indeed have the new look, the new logo, the new set, the new entrance, the new music. Before we get to the uh, bulk of the show, what's everyone's thoughts on the appearance changes in WCW? It doesn't quite look like something that was left on the car. No? No. I feel it was false advertising. The letter of complaint should have been written to USA Today. <laughs> it looked like someone had a car run over it, but... Uh... No. Well, I hate the music. Fucking drum and bass. It's fucking dire. It's like they thought, okay, well, WWF have gone down like the rock route, so let's do something completely different. Which, you know, in in in, in concept is admirable, mm. but not fucking drum and bass. So you, you weren't a fan of the uh, the in-house production music that was referred to as adrenaline. No. I I missed I missed the uh, the old music and the old set and the old look like w- one show in yeah I really did. Dave Meltzer says the changes in Nitro reminded me of putting a nice fresh coat of paint on a house that had just been hit by a tornado. Uh, it's a go home show for Spring Stampede coming up this Sunday, and uh, we kick off with Goldberg carrying the uh, lottery tumbler that Ric Flair had on the uh, final episode in March. Obviously, he wants his he wants a title match. He wants to wrestle Ric Flair. Kevin Nash comes out, and after a very rudimentary back and forth Nash just says you've got me at Spring Stampede yeah this is the um, it's the rematch of the, the match that ended the streak and yeah. it's just happening and they kind of talk about it they kind of mention in passing and it takes them a few shows I think to actually mention the taser actually no it's a Sunday isn't it so it probably takes them a few hours to yeah. mention the taser if they actually do it all I think they mention it once um, that's nice of them yeah this is the whole thing it's like if you look at th- just the company feels so disjointed and just 
there's no real overarching kind of feel to the shows yeah. no structure holding together so shit just this week it's this guy challenging this guy and what's that got to do with the pay-per-view what's that got to do with where we're going with either of these guys probably nothing actually well at the start of this show they had very very little in fact I think they had nothing except for Spring Stampede at the very start of this show so this was desperation that's put shit together of course the show I should say by the way the show actually started with some video clips of Sting saying that Sting will be returning tonight after he'd been away uh, you know after being not too good a boy uh, with his wife their new video packages absolutely suck as well oh the The, uh, it's like they use the same little music fucking no, program it's, it's that, tripe it's that's thank you <laughs> just um, on the subject of Goldberg doesn't this kind of nicely just sort of sum him up let's let's not forget he's coming off such great momentum having been outsmarted by Brett in Canada and made him like a fucking idiot <laughs> which by the way which, now you're going to mess on me after the guy who edited yeah, the streak yeah, which I don't necessarily have a problem with if it's leading somewhere other than Brett Hart quits and we try and work the boys in the back so yeah it's shit just happening for no and they do show that again which is good, but it's like not to do, like Bill's got like a feud of like twelve guys, and Brett's not one. And of he's them. not winning. Any of them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I bet Brett's name wasn't on in one of the uh, the balls in the tumbler, was it? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, it was just stunning to see the way that this was set up again. This is this is the big rematch. Got you. Know, Nash is the one that says it's going to happen, not Goldberg. Unbelievable. Crowd was actually dead for most of this show. There's a bunch of skits with Flair, Nash, and Hogan trying to build the idea that Nash and Hogan weren't trusting each other anymore, uh, but they came across as like insecure lovers. At one point, Nash is talking to Flair, and uh, Hogan walks up and it gets all awkward, but actually ties in the following week, which we'll get to. Yeah, but they shot this out. Of, they, they put all this together out of order, I think. Oh, yeah, it, was, it felt like it was out of because, order. Because, yeah, it's before the main event's been announced with Hogan in it. Um, yes. This is uh, Nash says he was discussing stuff with Flair and then Little Mate about your match tonight, and the match hasn't been made at this point. So yeah, that was fucking fantastic. <laughs> they did an angle and they did it all in the first hour before Raw started for a change, where Flair, Hogan, Goldberg, and DDP set up a fatal four-way for the title as the main event tonight. Who knows what's going to be the main event of Spring Stampede? We've got our main event tonight, and that's really all that counts here in the Monday Night War. Uh, so it's going to be Flair, uh, Hogan, Goldberg, and uh, DDP. Uh, Scott Stein then comes out and does an interview, bumbling over his words left and right, challenging DDP to a match, but only if he puts his wife up for one night. For, for Marmalan. <laughs> this thing. Flamalan! It's a disjointed show as well. Oh, I suppose we'll come to it next. Yeah, I'll leave it for next show. Because I know where you're going with that. Um, yeah, very much. Just for you, you push on just quickly there, Liam. Obviously, we now know that Goldberg Nash has been announced six days out. Yes, we know that there is no current world title match scheduled six days out. Correct. Are there any other matches announced on the card at this point? I'm really struggling no. to remember. No. The answer is no. No. <laughs> and why would you when you're relaunching six <laughs> days before a pay per view? I'm sure they won't do that again. <laughs> when the when the the idea is still at this point, you know, we're we're not in the social media age. The idea is still to build interest for a pay per view, which people will pay money to watch. It's a television company, Carl. <laughs> this is not the way that it works here in WCW. There is, however, there aren't uh, many things that actually work in WCW. Well, at this apparently stage. not. I'll tell you what didn't work in this uh, in WCW it was the NWO Battle Royal that featured oh, on this God. show to determine the leader of the black and white between Stevie Ray, Brian Adams, Horace, and Virgil. This went on for fucking six days. How long has this, this story been going on? It was all through the last month, wasn't it? Yeah. 
well, I thought it had been settled by this stage. I, I, I don't think it was. I think it was just. I just. We all I, I was, was, I, was I projecting? Was I? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Steve, you coming out in the pinstripes and his little fucking black hat? <laughs> oh, with his fat ass. Oh god. Slapjack. He is not in shape. <laughs> <laughs> it just. If, if there was ever a, a, a time at which it sort of hammers home the point that Booker T was the real workhorse of Harlem Heat it seemed the condition of Stevie Ray at this stage the wrestling was so bad that it was no worse than watching the women in the WWF says Dave Meltzer except no one wants to see these guys rip their clothes off which I think actually did happen with Virgil Uh, Stevie Ray won so Stevie Ray is the boss of the black and white the plan was for Ray to win and rename the black and white into a new group that would be a modern version of the Black Panthers so the nation basically I guess well, at least uh, Crush has experience in a, in a black supremacist group, <laughs> so continuity there. Exactly, he's been there. Um, yeah, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Billy Kidman retained the tag titles over Raven and Satin in a pretty good match, which was kind of the, the highlight of the undercard of the show. And in your main event, of course, the four-way for the title, everyone got to do their finishes, but the guys got saved. Goldberg speared everybody, but Hogan kicked out. He speared Hogan, kind of looked around. Kevin Nash is on commentary. It feels a little awkward, and he kicks out. They get up, Hogan rakes his eyes, goes for a suplex, of course Goldberg just hits the jackhammer, Kevin Nash is slowly entering the ring, one, two, and just like WrestleMania 8, Hogan kicks out of the jackhammer, because Kevin Nash isn't there on time, I'm presuming Goldberg was double-crossed on the spot, says Dave Meltzer here. Uh, The finish uh, was for Nash to interfere, for it to be a no decision, but Nash was too slow, so Hogan had to kick out. How did Hogan know? I'm asking you, Liam, I've never done a match, but I've had to do this. I've never had a match but I would assume you don't know where the guy making the save is at this point if you're lying on your back well he's a big guy big Kev so I imagine that from him coming from his vantage point you would see and hear him coming mm. I would imagine okay maybe but anyway um, the match ended with Sting coming down from the ceiling and pointing to the video wall it was Randy Savage narrating a video piece saying there would be a four way at the pay per view for the title with no disqualification and Savage would be the ref it was so contrived. If viewers missed the last minute of Nitro, they would not know the main event for the pay-per-view six days later. So, when did... Hogan, Flair, Sting and DDP is your main event for Spring Stampede. For the belt. When... Savage's ref. When did Randy Savage get put in charge? I, this, yeah. Flair's the president. Apparently. Yeah. Is, is Piper a commissioner at this point? He had been for a long time, but he just wasn't, he just wasn't around. Oh, okay. That obviously returns and gets and involved. We still we are still seeing Bischoff from time to time. I think we see him next week. Yeah, um, get... most of the paper is now actually he's there. Uh, it's when Hoagie, yeah, when Hoagie leaves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I am very confused about who's making decisions in, within this company on screen. Never mind off it. It will be cleared up in due course, I'm sure. Yeah. Randy Savage is back. I wasn't necessarily feeling the madness and, this time round. And the world went meh. His <laughs> fucking Samuel L. Jackson Kangol cap. <laughs> A class look for 99. Yes. It's all that time and place. It's all about the tenor of the times. We've seen that here throughout the timeline. Over on Raw, same day, April 5th, X Pack and Kane beat Jeff Jarrett and Own Hart to win the tag team belts in an uh, enjoyable match. Uh, the McMahons are backstage surrounded by officers uh, telling Shane that he can do what he wants uh, about Steve Austin and the Big Show because he only cares about Stephanie. Now, here you see, here, at least there's a rhyme and reason why someone else can make a decision have a bit of control and power now Vince has relieved uh, himself of uh, kind of responsibility and let Shane do it he's given Shane the power at least I know what's going on meanwhile Rock, Shane and Triple H are doing a promo um, in the ring obviously set up the uh, the match with Big Show later on and of course there's a second promo that I want to get to now uh, with those three Rock, 
Triple H and Shane where Rock just owns the scene. It's right before the main event, but I want to talk about it now because this is Rock. Rock's been teasing the babyface turn for a while. Uh, this, is, this is babyface turn foreplay. This is. This is. This is tickling the ivories of the yeah. fans here. Triple H comes out and does a fucking putrid well, promo to try and get over as a heel. See, that's the thing. The what should be the the real talking point here is the excellence of of the Rock and just how. The, the the foreplay as Kieran calls it with the crowd is just absolutely tremendous he, they've been doing the sing-along teaser yeah. for the last few weeks he he is the absolute star <laughs> with all those people in the ring and that really should be what we emphasise I however <laughs> being the petty small man that I am would rather focus on Triple H and how he's never meant less and it made me so happy <laughs> As he stood there, fucking gormless, holding his dick in his, hands. his dick in his hands, in front of the hard camera, leaning against the ropes, trying to do what I can only assume is a little trick that Nash and Hall tried to teach him from their NWO days when everyone's trying People to come on looking screen. At you. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and he may as well not be there. The he, camera just cuts around. Oh, <laughs> oh the rock's wonderful. First of all, yeah, trips is like front and centre. Taken up half the screen, but he's got the presence of a fucking patio door. <laughs> no one gives a shit that he's there. Rocks in his thing. Rudy poo. And then he stops in the crowd, says candy ass. He does it three times. And in the middle of it, he says, this is not sing along with the great one. And of course, he'd done that for the last few weeks. So the fans are singing along with that too. In the end, they all do this. If you smell what the rock is cooking. And it's just everybody's dying yeah, to rock, cheer him. Rocky teasing it. He, do, he doesn't, um, he doesn't, you know, act pissed off he kind of looks a little bit oh, I don't know what's amused amused maybe oh, almost it resigned it's just resigned to his own greatness yeah. <laughs> it's like of course they oh. are well fuck it well I'm the rock yeah of course they're into me The Undertaker interrupts a woman's segment to tell Vince there will be a certain young woman sacrificed tonight of course teasing that it's uh that it's actually going to be Stephanie. There's some very weird Jerry Lawler commentary here, and this actually ends up tying into something that happens later in the month where Lawler... This doesn't involve a seesaw, does it? No, no. It's Lawler saying, like, he actually thinks he's... Like, like as if he believes in uh, the Undertaker gimmick too much. Yeah. Yeah, there's, More on this later. Yeah. yeah. I, I get a whiff of where that's emanating from. <laughs> um, somewhere near Evansville right now, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Ministry then whip Christian as punishment for telling Ken Shamrock where Stephanie was on her last week's show. Shamrock gets beaten up by the Ministry later on, and the Corporation all want to help, but Shane McMahon holds them off and tells them it might be a trap. Shamrock then just gets the shit kicked out of him and gets locked in the boot and taken away. So, miserable failure there. Yeah. Was he taken to the same place as Akada was? He might have been, actually. Or Samoa Joe in the... He might have been Joe we're thinking of here. When they were, the guys in the mask, the mask ambushed him. Oh, yeah, of course he was. Took him on a stag do, as you theorised yes. on, once upon a time. Uh, actually, some interesting country here, speaking of. In the Mankind Val Venus match, from uh, Cole and Lawler talking about the ESPN ABC specials that have been burying the WWF. Did you catch this? Uh, obviously, the, um, the show... Uh, oh, what the fuck? was Outside the Lines that was on at the end of March that was talking about drug use in wrestling and talked about Pillman's death and Louis Spicoli's death. And, uh, the, yeah, the commentary was very interesting talking about how, uh, well, ESPN is owned by ABC and, of course, we all know about the impact that Raw had on the Monday Night Football ratings last year. Oh, nice. So basically trying to, like, time there's some kind of conspiracy that ESPN and ABC are after them because, uh, you know, of their impact on the NFL. 
They should have said, but they're both based, based out of New York, and we all know what happened in New York. <laughs> yeah, we all know what happened Maybe there. Maybe not that. Uh, the lights flicker in Vince's office. We cut to a break. We come back. There's a crucifixion going on on the stage, and it's Ryan Shamrock. Are you sure it's not Marty Jannetty? I'm fairly sure. Okay. I'm fairly sure this time. Ryan Shamrock uh, is being crucified by The Undertaker. We then cut to... And there's some awful cuts to Stephanie McMahon's face oh, throughout this, oh, by the it's, way. It's, it's all just fucking hideous and it ends on Vince McMahon looking at the camera that's backstage walking up and screaming you evil bastard <laughs> and we cut to commercial this and I vividly remembered this yeah, when it happened this is a, a, a great moment for my my formative <laughs> wrestling years it's, it's tremendous yeah. Carl you said not one of his finer acting efforts to you I uh, no it's it's not and I just <laughs> At the risk of sounding redundant, I know that's a rare one on these podcasts, but I hate the ministry so much. <laughs> so fucking much. I can't wait to see what your angst is at the end of this show. It's just so awful. <laughs> so bloody awful. To think it was over. Although, as we've actually seen, there are uh, ratings patterns in the negative here for the ministry, leading up to this point at least. I, the only nice thing I can say about it, and you can probably correct me here if this is wrong, but I think this is the last we see of Ryan Shamrock in the company, is it? No, no, he joins PMS. Oh, great, so there was my idea of saying it. At least it made some sort of logical storyline sense <laughs> in that regard. No, it doesn't even have that going for it. Nice me. try, Carl. Great. Was it the first, I think it was the first show, the fifth, uh, the Ministry come out and they all line up on the on the rampway, and, it's, um, and I just thought, if they fucking start dancing in unison, <laughs> it'll be the best thing ever. And I just bust out the thriller. <laughs> thriller. Or if you want to go ultra camp, you can go for the time warp. <laughs> I think that's on the other channel, this one. <laughs> uh, the main event is, of course, Big Show versus Rock and Triple H. Of course, it's a DQ finish. Uh, Shane McMahon, who earlier in the show had put the smoking score belt, which is in the corporate property, uh, on the Titantron screen. Uh, Austin had said that if you do it again, it's going to cost the company money. He did it again at the end of the match. Uh, Big Show pulls the Titantron down uh, with all of his the might. The crown jewel of the corporation, as Michael Cole dubbed it. Indeed. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> and then Steve Austin tears the Titantron, to, Titantron easy for me to say, to shreds. Uh, to end the show the glass breaks Austin's just tearing this thing up there you go and he's drinking and he's drinking and he's sharing a beer with the big show I'm pretty sure this whole uh, angle was just set to uh, coin the phrase uh, Stone Cold Construction Company because he had a t-shirt coming out oh yes that would make sense I did feel that was a bit of a ham-fisted comment from Cole that would make perfect sense yeah he said it once and he was kind of like lost so he made, it, made sure to say it again say it again Cole indeed the new Nitro which Eric Bischoff had vowed would do a 7.0 due to all the new set, new graphics, new look. Uh, did a 4.3 to Raw's 5.8. Nitro did come close in two quarters. Raw held a 5.2 to 4.9 lead with Al Snow versus Bob Holly squaring off against the NWO Black and White Battle Royal. Hold on. Yeah. Of all, all the <laughs> shit that WCW produced... And one of the moments where they get nearest... Is that awful I, I don't, I don't even... You know, the fact that it's... Al Snow and Bob Corr is irrelevant as, much, as little as I care for those two the fact that anything involving the NWO black and white getting close is just just seems abhorrent 
While the latter may have been the worst television match involving people that are actually trained pro wrestlers of the year, it was something of a curious rating success despite dying a brutal death live. Nitro's four-way main event did a 5.4 quarter to Big Show versus Rock and Hunter's 5.6. Nitro's one-minute overrun only drew a 4.4 rating, a drop of a full point. Uh, since that was when Sting dropped from the roof, it could be taken as an early sign that Sting going back to his crow gimmick won't mean nearly as much the second time around. Raw ran five minutes past the top of the hour and peaked at a 7.2 as Austin and Big Show ripped apart the Titantron. The bad news was the first hour for Nitro. WCW could count on a huge first hour rating going unopposed until the last month of absolutely awful television started eroding that rating. It did a 4.2 unopposed when realistically the first hour should be hovering close to a 6. Hey, she just should have rolled with... Uh more videos with Nash at the gun club with Tory. Well, I, I, the, I think the that Nitro might be, girl in the park with yes. the dog. I think that might have been the cause of the problem rather than oh. the solution. Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Raw peaked and had its biggest advantage in quarter seven, doing a 6.7 rating for Godfather versus Goldust. <laughs> and of course, the crucifixion angle. I'll let you decide which one was more important there. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's the the ratings breakdown for April 5th. Let's get some uh, news and notes here. Medusa was backstage and either signed or was close to signing for a role doing a segment on Nitro. Medusa and Nash were tight in their WWF days, so that explains that one. I'll bet. Wink, by the way. <laughs> I in case you can't put two and two together there. Yeah, I'm sure tight isn't the right word to describe it, but anyway. Oh, come on now. Diesel power. Melt a style, Have some class. No. We, t- we, talk- we talked about those uh, horrible contracts. Tank Abbott has signed a WCW contract for $650,000 a year. Tank Abbott was flown sometime back to Connecticut for WWF interviews and a tryout. Abbott told the WWF officials, with his usual lack of confidence in himself, that he would be a bigger star than Steve Austin. (laughs) And so WCW paid him accordingly, $650,000. Meanwhile... WCW ordered a ton of new business cards, stationery, etc., with a new logo and address of the company on it, and all the business cards were spelled Altanta and not Atlanta. The sadness in Carl's face. At least they kind of got the state right. You know? <laughs> At least they tried this time. I guess so. Rather than just, I don't know. Business cars with bird feces on. Yeah, <laughs> looks like something a bird left on the hood of my car. Which has to, by the way, be an inside rib that somebody had made a comment about the new logo, and and then they just fucking sent well, it as a joke. The thing is, yeah, it's in quotations. Yeah. So I want to know. I just want to know who how, made the how, comments. How, how I, I, re- I reckon it was Nash. There's got to be a story behind sort it. Sort of thing Nash would say. I actually do think that Nash is is probably the likely culprit here. Bret Hart underwent groin surgery, a groin pull the likes of which you've never seen, yeah. Dean Malenko. Yeah. How dare you doubt him, Dean? April 6th, he has the surgery. Apparently, the injury was far more serious than believed, but he's expected back in six to eight weeks. The angle from Nitro hasn't been referred to, since on TV, if they brought it up, it would give away that it's just an angle. Of course, if they don't hype it to death with Hart out for two months, no one's going to remember it either, or care. Uh, So, yeah, that's the deal with uh, Brett. Uh, ABC's 2020 did a feature on Backyard Wrestling which aired on April the 7th which is the one that Mick Foley talks about in his second book where they switched the clip of Mick Foley on him with uh, with some of his comments which is a pretty poor taste on uh, Mick Foley from ABC's part where they basically showed him footage of kids fucking around doing hokey high-yard chops and Foley says well that doesn't look too bad to me and they showed him clips of cheese graters and glass and tables and all that nonsense and Foley said 
that they shouldn't be doing that kind of a thing. And of course, they played the comments from the first clip yeah, yeah. on the second clip saying it doesn't look too bad to me. It looks like a bunch of kids playing having a good time. I feel like a fucking imbecile. You can't trust Disney. <laughs> you can't. No, you can't. Got some uh, talent acquisitions to talk about here and uh, some WWF plans going forward. Sean Stasiak will be starting in about six weeks as the love slave for PMS. Oh, he knows what happened in New York, doesn't he? Well, he was there. He was the one that would know. Okay. He's currently under- We're getting somewhere. He's currently undergoing a hair transplant before he comes in. Uh, another wrestler who was gaining experience in Memphis, Matt Bloom, should be starting at about the same time. The idea originally was for him to become George Steele Jr. Yeah. Is that better or worse than Prince Albert? <clears throat> GSJ. Nah, it doesn't rhyme. No, no, no. <laughs> no, roll off the top. Nah. One of the headbangers will be doing a beaver cleavage gimmick. The other will be doing an evil clown, a la Doink, and Bruce Pritchard may wind up managing him. Uh, the insane clown posse is claiming they'll be returning to the WWF to second the new evil clown character. They claim that if they get mistreated again, like they did last time, they'll just quit. What? Having to self esteem. Having to take the stunner from the hottest star in the business, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. What would a client need a manager? Got me. Maybe it'd be like the carnival barker type of thing. I don't know. Oh, I, suppose, I can see that. I don't know. Don't look at me. It's not my fucking idea. Nah, if you're doing that, you need a whole menagerie of characters, though. Mm. Well, troop. That's what the insane clown posse were there for, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Apparently, the deal with Scott Hall is that in about a month or two, he'll return on a five-night-per-month schedule. Once they opened this door uh, for this schedule with Sting, the next tier of guys were bound to want the same deal. And with Hall, the last year has been such a disaster that this is probably the only way he can be used effectively. So they're basically rewarding him. No, I didn't hear Paycut mention that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that goes. Uh, yeah, you'll be, yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> This week, 19 of the top 20 selling videos in the recreational sports listing are pro wrestling videos, with only one tape at number 9, Super Bowl 33, preventing it from being a clean sweep of the top 20 videos for sports. Which is a quite the impressive so, statistic. So hot. It was so hot back then. Such a hot industry, it's insane. Steven Regal was let go by the WWF this week. He'd been in drug rehab the past few months and was only three weeks from completion and was allowed to go home for a weekend and didn't make it. Uh, WWF is pressuring ECW to hire Steven Regal because that's the good atmosphere for a drug addict. Uh, as Regal lost his job with the WWF, he's in danger of deportation if he isn't employed, which is, I guess, why they were kind of steering him towards ECW because they didn't actually want him to you know, get rid of the guy completely. But uh, yeah, so Regal's gone. The man's man. Brought in for a feud with Austin. Didn't work. Bear in mind the condition that we saw him in, in several at several points in 98. We talked, yeah, we talked mm. about that. Poor Regal and his uh, little bit of re-nutrient, I believe it was at the time. The WWF's UPN special on April 29th, titled Smackdown, won't be a woman's only special after all. Uh, there will apparently be a decent amount of women's stuff, but they're going to use the men to draw the rating and expose the women to that audience. The plan seems to be to run a one-hour show starting at 9pm, starting in August. Uh, the WWF will be introducing several new women characters on Raw to get them ready for the spin-off show. If this was a woman's show, with Russo in the company, I'm sure it would have been called Hoedown. You think so? Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, I can't remember, it might be the next week, um, or the week after, or the week after that, but the um, one Nitro in particular, I'll say it now just because of Smackdown, the amount of rock references. Oh, it's, it's next they, week. They say Smackdown. They Savage. Say, Savage's oh promo, God, yeah. yeah. It was about two, three guys, different, use a rock line, it's like, oh my God, these old boys, 
You look so uncool. You look so desperate now. Hey, worked for the wood. Well, that's true. We move now to the much-anticipated WCW Spring Stampede on April 11th. 17,690 fans do, in fact, sell out the building, but a 0.6 buy rate, the lowest in years for WCW, at 225,000 buys. Who would have thought it? <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Who could have foreseen that? However, it is a fantastic show. The last great, in my opinion, WCW pay-per-view that we will recap here. And uh, there's a lot on the show that's a lot of fun to talk about, so I guess we can just kind of spitball briefly. But uh, Hoovy and Blitzkrieg, marvellous. I fucking love Hoovy. <laughs> I am of the, I'm of the opinion Hoovy's the best wrestler on either of these shows this month. Exactly. Uh, anyway, I fucking love it. Probably not, but I'm just saying it because that's because you're the guy. Because you're the guy you're enjoying the most. I just, I love. I just love watching the guy. He's so. I think he's really super talented. I really do. He's so good. Just, yeah. The juice. I just want to. <laughs> what can you say? That's all you need to know. Homing with Blitzkrieg with a super hoovy, super hoovy driver off the uh, second rope to kind of wrap it up. Blitzkrieg a little sloppy a few points here. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but he's, he's, at the same time he's, still, he's so spectacular that he always makes up for it. And he's a rookie, you know. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's a and rough. you get the super hoovy driver, which is ace. Yeah, like we say. And then obviously you got Bam Bam Bigelow and hacking a real wild fucking hardcore match right afterwards, which is really fun. With yeah, hack- that was a fun, fun little brawl. Some assaulting off the stage wagon. Yeah, it's a real, real Bobby, good effort. Bobby Heenan clearly loved it. He Heenan loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, having fallen off the wagon himself um, <laughs> before. And then, yeah. Wouldn't you? And t- Tony Schiavone, of course. This is the famous one where Tony Schiavone's talking about how the bin shots don't hurt, but they make a great sound. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Of course, we've got Raven and Sand against Malenko and Benoit, which I love on this show. Excellent stuff. That, that is a tremendous tag match. Oh. It's these little moments where it's oh. like, okay, like the horseman is heels and flares heels. In the context of, like, say, six months, make no fucking sense. And the whole show just has been like tipped upside down and pieces landing all over the shop. That's why you get a 0.6 buy rate, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, like, they're still widely entertaining watching the horseman as heels. I love him. On especially. On's yeah, a gem this So man. great. Yeah, yeah, we'll come on to that. But... He's fantastic. The Bumby takes on the apron in the in the tag match when there's a hot tag. Oh, it's just beautiful. Uh, of course, you've got Goldberg and Nash here. Goldberg gets his win back in a uh, short, enjoyable enough affair. Um, decent heat. And in the main event, in what was actually one of the coldest matches on the show, Diamond Dallas Page wins the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Hulk Hogan is injured in the middle of the match and carried off. Um, the lineup for the pay-per-view actually, the wood is splintered it has indeed the lineup for this pay-per-view actually changed several times in the last week before we even got to this show because they haven't advertised anything yeah exactly why what do you mean do, do tell why, why did it change Liam oh I don't know just because they don't know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> we, day by day they don't know what they're doing Kidman and Ray uh, was a, a match that could have been significantly better had Ray not cracked his head on the steps um, and pretty much knocked himself loopy for the for the duration but yeah, a really enjoyable show. Scott Stein wins the uh, the TV title, I believe, or US title. Being his US being title, that's his, right. His, well, book his TV. Show. That's right. That's right. Being his jocular best. Did you, yeah, feel style. walking around ringside yelling yeah. at the fans, just squarely kicking Booker in the balls, yeah. and the referee's too scared to disqualify him. Is what they push it as. At one point, he leaps into the crowd, and people and the fan runs off. It's great. Harassing a woman when she's next to her husband. <laughs> screams, <laughs> She'll be going home with you, but she'll be thinking of me. <laughs> this woman's groping his pecs. Yeah, this woman's marking out for his pecs. Tremendous. rough as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. She was fucking, oh Jesus, lassie rough. Anyway. <laughs> all, all freaks need love, Kieran. Yeah. All freaks need love. 
Hulk Hogan, who is the master player behind the scenes, says Meltzer, did a knee injury angle. Hogan was telling friends that he recognised he was getting stale, that the babyface turn wasn't working as well as he'd hoped for, and needed another break. Of course, this is all stemming from the fact that his match with DDP two weeks ago on Nitro did a 2.9 quarter hour rating. It may have also been that surveying the landscape brings the obvious conclusion that this is a company going down. And to the corporates who know nothing about wrestling other than it was a $30 million uh, a year company before Hogan got there, and a $200 million company after he got there in, uh, in 1998, that it would be best for the illusion if Hogan just wasn't around while it fell. This was his plan back in December, uh, but things went just fine without him. So we'll see what happens this time. Uh, the Torch reports that Paige, who has never won the WCW World title before, is expected to be a transitional champion. It's expected Nash, the head booker, will beat Paige the assistant booker at Slamboree, then defend against Goldberg at Bash at the Beach. Uh, Page's title win is being seen in the locker room as a favour by Bischoff to his longtime friend and neighbour. Also, the belief wife, is... Wife for gold? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> also, the belief is it may have been a trade-off to get Page to agree to turn heel since he has continued to lobby against the turn since it was uh, put in place. DDP world champion. We've talked a lot about Dallas on this uh, timeline, some of the questionable decisions he's made and things he's done that we don't approve of. And uh, I thought this, I thought that the crowd's reaction in Tacoma summed this up. They were so cold when Page won. You've got so many talented guys that are underutilized on this show. Um, you've got Bill, you know, your actual star, <laughs> who you've really fucked over. Who hasn't had his title rematch. No. It's <laughs> hardly mentioned it. Um, and you well, he yeah, has, but it was against Nash. He wasn't the champion anymore, so. Oh, yeah. great. Uh, <laughs> this is—it's kind of like the emblematic of the company. It's, it's pure page. It's like he, he wants Flair, Hogan, and who's the third? Sting. Sting. There you go. Basically, the three oldest, most established stars on your roster, historically speaking. Yeah, they're the guys he's going to beat for it. Uh, I, I might just be putting heat onto him because I don't like the guy. But <laughs> I, I think in this instance, you might be. Fuck him. Diamond, diamond cutter to flare, pins the nature boy to lift the crown. Yeah. <sighs> and it's so set. Where oh, of course, Randy Savage with the top rope elbow to set this up, by the way, on flare. Oh, yeah, once in the. Well, in the figure four. four yeah. Yeah. Which, considering how immobile Randy Savage was at the time, we should be impressed that he could do that top rope elbow still. Yeah, well. Not <clears throat> impressive much during the uh, what a match era of Randy <laughs> Savage, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah he, he had a fine like, piece on his arm. Yeah, but that's the only reason he's back. It's like she hooked up with him so she could get on TV. So like, oh yeah, Eric, man, you gotta put me on TV so I can get some trim up. <laughs> and like, he's pretty much used the use of him over the next month is just uh, as, a, as a side piece for Gorgeous George. Who, I'm, because Sable was getting over the huge ratings in the WWF, the theory was, of course, we need our own version in WCW. So there you go. That was the uh, that was the theory. I can't wait to see what contract they gave her. <laughs> WCW will begin a multi-million dollar marketing initiative to support the new unmistakable WCW brand. This is a press release. The ad campaign will tout WCW's new motto, which at this point is either "It's out there" or "Shut up and wrestle." <laughs> The campaign... <laughs> was, was this a fan writing? <laughs> no, I don't know. The campaign is stressing that WCW is innovative, hip, and family suitable. Yeah. Two phrases that don't go together very well, by the way. Or... Yeah. Dislocated uh, hips, maybe. Oh. That same day, by the way, at Spring Stampede, Davy Boy Smith was told there was a chance he'll have to live the rest of his life in a wheelchair. So, the news is not getting better for Bulldog. 
unfortunately. Uh, we moved to the. On the plus side, you don't have to go through airports much anymore. So. Oh, come on. Just keep on rolling. <laughs> Fuck's sake. The next day, April 12th on Raw, and Jim Ross is back. Thank God Jim Ross oh. is back. The theme of the show is the Shane McMahon power trip. We got a group I thought was a great segment to open the show where he fires Patterson and Briscoe and slaps Vince. Says he'd fire Jim Ross because he can barely speak, but Cole is just as bad, so Jim Ross is back. That's factually correct. <laughs> uh, Vince left the scene and left the building actually with Stephanie in the car. Uh, Ken Shamrock quits Shane's version of the corporation because they didn't try and save him last week. Then he runs up and sh- like hug- uh, sorry, shakes Vince's hand, doesn't he, outside as Vince goes to leave, which would be pretty much the uh, the kiss of death for Shamrock on this show. By yeah, the way. he kind of escorts the man's out as a rope to the limo, and then as they get to the door, it's like, all right, Ken, you're not coming with us, but thanks for the escort. Yeah, and they send him on his way, and then he does significantly worse than the rest of the evening, as we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they never Idiot. They never explained where the ministry actually took him and how he got away when they put him in the boot last week, but... Just around the corner. <laughs> dropped him off. Yeah. Taker interrupted a four-way women's match to say there will be another pretty victim tonight. This time it's Janetti. <laughs> we'll get there, guys. We'll see okay. if it's Janetti or not. Okay. It was supposed to be the Brood vs. Big Show three-on-one, but Taker made Christian go on his own as punishment for spilling the beans on Stephanie two weeks back, so uh, Big Show squashed him with a choke slam in about 30 seconds. Um, we get Steve Austin promo on The Rock, obviously building up Backlash, their uh, second match coming up, and calls him out, but The Rock shows up on the Titantron, standing on a bridge, uh, referencing what uh, Steve Austin had done with the Intercontinental title in the river uh, two years before, which I thought was a nice little bit of uh, memory there, and obviously the implication is the Smoking Skull Belt's going overboard, so uh, I guess this will tie in later in the show. Austin's just red hot here again, by the way. He bears repeating every single show just how fucking godly Steve Austin is with the audience. This show, he kind of... He starts... I think his primary starts off talking about, you know, talking about your nursery rhymes and stuff. And he kind of loses his train, I think. And he just kind of, like, almost goes, well, fuck this. Whatever. I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah! Goes, fuck yeah! Kick his ass, dude! <laughs> Duck his belt! Duck his belt! <laughs> Uh, the Godfather, fresh off his big 6.7 rating last week, beats Goldust to win the Intercontinental title. Godfather offered Bossman five hoes to take his place in the originally scheduled Goldust-Bossman match. Uh, and three minutes later, Bossman was done because the hoes were back out to celebrate with, with the Godfather. What's five of them. Technically, I think he offered one and Bossman said he wanted all five. That's right. There you go. Yeah, he wanted all five. They go to the back. Three minutes later... Godfather wins the belt in what I thought was the real Nadir of this belt. Uh, maybe not. There's been some poor I, champions. I was say, there's, there's been many a poor champion. Ezekiel Jackson says hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. But the point is that I th- this was a real sour feeling for me seeing the Godfather. But again, massively popular, and the ratings are saying that the Godfather's uh, he's over. And a, a continuation might be the ladies, but who knows. <laughs> But again, a continuation of the the hot potato with the belts as well. Oh, it's been going. This icy belt's been going all over the place in 1999. It's ridiculous. Um, the the Mean Street Posse throughout the show were kind of teasing they're going to try and attack mankind, but uh, mankind beats up the posse in the boiler room and then makes fun of Rodney's haircut, which I personally enjoyed. Um, we get Bob Holly versus D'Lo Brown in a hardcore match. I don't know if you if you were listening intently. This is the one when Al Snow's on commentary and he's just constantly talking about Foley and burying mankind. And this is the one that got him yelled at and got him in the uh, the doghouse from by, from Vince. But basically, this was this was Al Snow's retort to mankind's uh, lazy boy joke for Al Snow not selling chairs that we talked about in the last episode of the timeline. This was Al trying to get back at Foley and pretty much buried himself for it. So. Uh, 
Not a smart move there from Al. Did he think they were kind of like equals in that company? Uh, he must have. Who cares? He's an idiot. <laughs> so yes is what he said. Yeah. Mankind and Shamrock are then beaten up in the boiler room by the Ministry. I'm not sure if that's the first or second time Shamrock's been beaten up on this show. Um, of course, they then try and crucify Ken Shamrock, so he's the pretty victim, I guess. Um, the Brood make the save because obviously they, they try and basically make them do it and they try and punish Christian again no you're not going to do it this time they turn on the ministry they start beating up all the schlubs and then they get the shit kicked out of them as well but uh, Shamrock breaks free at least X-Pac and Kane beat Triple H and Test when Triple H and China walk out on Test so the corporation is just crumbling by the seams here Shamrock comes out and challenges The Undertaker by challenging Mark oh. Russo special. We okay, so we mentioned obviously in the last week's show the uh, the illusion that Jerry Lawler made about he actually believes that he's the Undertaker. The kind of idea is that the Undertaker character is a TV persona created by Vincent Mann and given to Mark Calloway. So everything up to this point that we've enjoyed uh, for the past ten years was fake. However, he now believes his own character uh, and believes he really is the Undertaker. So Shamrock was going to beat him up. Unfortunately, as long as they're on TV, he's got magical powers. So he just appeared behind Shamrock and started kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. Surely at this stage, if this whole notion that it's the character that was created for him, but it's strange because why does he think he's become this character? Well, if he's got actual fucking superpowers in the realms of the story, he is that character now. <laughs> as contrived as all this is, but but before you get to the end of the show, just think about what Liam's described to us there. Shane is now in theory in control, having slapped Vince across the face and fired the Stooges. Which I didn't like. No. Triple H and Test have got issues within the corporation. Let's see where that's leading. Shamrock has left the corporation. The Brood have left the ministry. There's been an IC title change. (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) Try and keep up, people! (laughs) Do what you can. Do what you can. Uh, so of course uh, you know, Shamrock you know, take his kick and the shit out of him Shamrock reversed this and wouldn't you know the ministry came out and kicked the shit out of Shamrock again it appeared that Bossman and Triple H were going to come and save him once he was half dead they dragged him out of the ring and then they started beating the shit out of him as well so a uh, real bad day here for Ken Shamrock bad, bad day at the office it really isn't the sharpest knife in the drawer no sadly not of course the end of the show the bit that really matters is Rock calling out Austin on the bridge. Austin shows up in his truck. Rock uses the fishing rod as a weapon at one point. Says well, Rock's, Rock's only got himself to blame for this because he doesn't tell where he doesn't tell Steve where he is. But then throughout the, the show, he's looking at his watch, pissed off that Steve hasn't found him yet. Yeah, <laughs> he just told him, give him you know coordinates, directions. I know it's the day before, like you know, any kind of app or anything, but. If you just told him, simple. Yeah, bit of communication. Use that beeper, that 316 coming yeah. up back in the day. I mean, c- considering the sort of general lyrical genius that The Rock is, I'm surprised he didn't manage to throw in the old Simon and Garfunkel one. Yeah. Bridge over troubled water, Rock will lay the smack down. Ooh. Oh, that was nice. We'll see. That was nice. You should have been earning a paycheck in 99, <laughs> Carl. Better than Russo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, t- just to add to the uh, all the chaos, Bossman's enjoying a spit roast. Which apparently only lasts three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what you can do with that nightstick? Oh yeah, indeed. <laughs> this all ends up with the Rock throwing Steve Austin over the bridge and then saying "Go to hell," punching him off, and then a dummy very unconvincingly falls from the bridge into the water. I was uh, worried. Oh, were you really? I held a visual. Oh dear. Oh dear me. And of course, he then says, "Take the belt to hell with you." Throws the smoking skull belt, presumably, over the bridge into the water to end the show. 
So obviously that job built a backlash in a couple of weeks. Still on the horizon. Meanwhile, over on Nitro on April 12th, DJ Ran is all up in your area. <laughs> How did you feel about the addition of DJ Ran? Violated Rand? it to happen in my area. DJ fucking Ran. I forgot to mention Ricky Rackman last week. On oh, Nitro. fuck that. Oh. Completely blowing let's, the, the, let's the Canadian not, hotline number. Oh, let's, let's not talk about Ricky Rackman ever again. No, I want to mention him now because he's a stain and I want to, I want to, I want to bury him. He comes out there and he's doing his spiel. You've got to call the WCW hotline, folks. This is the number for America where you can talk to Mark Mann, Gene Oakland, and Mike Tanay. And for you folks in Canada, the number is 018... I can't remember what the Canadian number is. 0194... I'm the new guy. And then walks off. <laughs> Fucking pute. Where did they find this guy? At a nitro party, Liam. Oh, yeah. Real Those winners. Fucking nitro parties. The show opened with a long, long stink interview that ended up going, you know, ended up getting less uh, over the longer it got, and by the end, Sting was actually getting booed. <laughs> so that's a success for you. He challenged Diamond Dallas Page, saying that if he had anything hanging between his legs, he'd answer the call. Uh, they didn't, uh, by the way, didn't know about face on the Bret Hart angle. The original plan was to treat it as a shoot and not mention it, but after a lot of prodding, and I guess people realised that it would be dead within two weeks without a TV push, they showed clips of uh, the Bret Hart spear angle with Goldberg with a steel plate. They even showed clips of his appearance on Later, which actually portrayed him as a babyface. <laughs> well, let's go all the way, <laughs> if we're going to put him on TV, I guess. Uh, DDP did a promo as a babyface and got booed saying he wouldn't fight Sting because he wants Scott Steiner the show started it should be mentioned by the way with a, a clip of like Randy Savage storming on DDP saying you owe me or something like that and then Scott Steiner just like storms past the camera and beats the fuck out of Paige of the chair and he's just like treading all over him and screaming incomprehensibly so uh, marvellous yeah yeah this, this, this Paige thing so he's what was he supposed to be he was a de facto face yeah, was, but they, 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 and they're going here. The, yeah, he's going here on. They're doing these little te- so, it, but it's like he was ducking Sting. Yeah, except the very first thing, as you say, was we saw it on the show was a match made against Steiner. This fucking beast, Scotty Steiner, he threw his wife out of a yeah. moving car. And that's so that's announced very first thing on the show. But then it's it's somehow intimated that he's dodging Sting by not what fighting him as well. I just it just. Make yeah, well, no, nothing says coward like refusing to fight stings so that you can take on the muscular, jacked-up Scott Steiner. Yeah, far more fierce people. of yeah. Scott Steiner. And then I think the, the next week they do it as well in a different guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, so, it's so stupid. Yeah. Ric Flair did a promo saying the title's vacant. He wasn't happy with the way things turned out at Spring Stampede. Randy Savage came out and did a very, very sad promo, trying to be cool, calling himself the universal heartthrob, the showstopper, I thought that was the cock of the war. I thought that was Thunderlips. Uh, which one? The Universal Heartthrob. Uh, wasn't that Austin Idol? I think it was Austin Idol yeah, first exactly. before it was... Uh, I'm, be- I'm being facetious. The showstopper, Shawn Michaels, Cock of the Walk, Ric Flair's nickname from the 80s. And of course, this is the promo where, to start it off, Savage says, why don't we put the smack down on this situation right now? Bunch of sad old bastards <laughs> on Nitro, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they, they, that's the thing. They literally became the caricatures from Billionaire Ted's wrestling war room by this point <laughs> they became every bit as sad as yeah. they felt they were when Rock did that promo on them at the start of the year mocking all of their crap catchphrases <laughs> and now they're doing his to try and get oh, some heat oh he's right <laughs> he's really right after all uh, Flair says that Savage had some explaining to do about his, his uh, 
I guess, babyface turn or turning on Flair, but he didn't. He just showed a piece of paper that Flair had signed indicating the decision was final. Never explained what the paper was. Uh, Flair tells Savage that he's not reinstated and he's going to send him home and send him a check. Join the club. Really? <laughs> Uh, Savage then says his girl will fight Flair's girl pointing to Charles Robinson and that if his girl wins Savage is back Flair agrees uh, Gorgeous George then slaps Charles Robinson Sting joins the party oh, hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no Carl no, there's, there's no. too much going on no before we get to Sting joining the party what's the boss man doing right now <laughs> well I'm wondering <laughs> um, if Flair can just send Macho home anyway yes regardless What's in it for Flair to have him wrestle, to have Savage's piece wrestle Little Nate? Well, he, at where's, first he where, says no. Where, where's, what's the benefit? He does, Well, there's no benefit at all, Carl. Well, why fuck you do it? We're long past that. We're long past that, Carl. Here in the new WCW. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> Basically, Is, should that be the new the WCW? The new the WCW. <laughs> Uh, so yeah basically this whole deal is that Flair doesn't really want to make this match but Charles gets offended by being called a girl and says that he can he can take her on and then Flair of course back in his boy little Nate says that he'll beat him with a figure four Savage says that George will win with a big elbow it's all very exciting although at least they've got like nobody ever at least they've got a match advertised for the next pay-per-view yeah <laughs> give baby that. steps gotta give him that uh, yeah, like I say, Sting join, can, comes out to join the party. He says he wants a piece of Flair. Arn Anderson accepts the match on uh, on Flair's behalf. And then we get Sting and Flair wooing each other wildly <laughs> while Arn sells it in the background. <laughs> He's just fucking preposterous. But Arn Anderson is just increasingly great every Thank week. Thank God for Arn Anderson during this period. <laughs> we get a treat of a tag match here. La Parker and El Dandy versus the Master Blasters. Oh my couple of J-Brones in their pantyhose on their faces. Yeah. It's all just a setup so Kevin Nash can come out and powerbomb four people and said that when he was talking to Ric Flair last week on Nitro and Hogan walked in on them, remember that? Remember that, everybody? He was actually making a deal to say that he would face the winner of the four-way at Spring Stampede at the next pay-per-view. So Kevin Nash is smarter than everybody and has himself a guaranteed world title match at Slamboree. So that's the ha- setup ha- there. Having lost at Stampede to Goldberg. Correct. Meanwhile, Goldberg... It's beat- relevant, though, because he already had that in the bag. Goldberg beats Kenny Chaos on this show in four minutes. Four why did, minutes. Why did it go four minutes? <laughs> four and why a half, not if go- you want to be specific. Why did it not go four seconds? He did a promo earlier saying he was going to hunt down Brett, beat up Lex Luger, and says he doesn't care who has the belt because he's the champ. <laughs> Very inspired direction <laughs> here for Goldberg, who, if you couldn't tell, didn't have a fucking clue what to do with the slamboree yet. <laughs> what does Flair get out of giving Nash why would heel Ric Flair at the time the world champion the world champion who wanted the match at Spring Stampede thrown out because he lost why would he agree to face a 7 foot 300 pound Kevin Nash well to be fair he never confirmed that he did agree to it Nash just said he had Mm. retrospectively after he'd already lost to Goldberg so I reckon I reckon he's made it up I reckon he made it up and thought no one's going to ever check this shit <laughs> no um, one's going to ask anyone. Um, no one checks go. my booking sheets anyway. Yeah. Boom, main event. <laughs> Look how little they check about the USA Today ad for crying out loud. You know what I mean? The things that slip through the cracks in this company. In fact, Nash probably just claim he's the champion. <laughs> he probably would have got away um, with it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to blame all the bad things on Terry Taylor. I don't care that he wasn't with the company at the time. <laughs> I just feel it's necessary. <laughs> Sting beats Ric Flair again in a long, fun match. Oh, that was great. It was, wasn't it? It was quite classic. <laughs> Flair doing his old begging off and all that. As stuff. little it's... sense as this makes in the context of like the year and direction, just watching 
Flair be Wacky Flair and Sting be No Selling Sting versus Rick. I love this. <laughs> Fucking thing he's great. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. It was really fun. It's one of things like I could watch Ric Flair do this against anyone. I could watch him do that against Sting all day, to be honest. Yeah, those two are great together yeah. for this. But for this dynamic of Sting no selling, the chops and, and the Sting just like. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the old fiery Sting for a little bit there with, with the arms waving all over the place where he starts laying into Flair again. A lot of fun. Sting gets the win. And in your main event, Diamond Dallas Page does beat Scott Steiner to defend the WCW title when Kimberly hits Steiner with a chair and uh, blows off that feud since obviously uh, Page did a stretcher job back at Super Brawl and had to get his win back over wow. Steiner you say, that's it isn't it you say blowing it off but it's not because it hasn't been moving anywhere since then yeah I mean, that pretty much sums up this company yeah like, random shit from one month and then maybe six months time we'll actually do something we'll come back to it we can, we can reference it again oh shit yeah do you remember when we did that thing yeah, three fuck, months ago fuck this would be like we actually meant it and we're going back to it but it's not putting any contacts with emphasis so nothing ever you know means anything really mm. just going around in circles <laughs> Circle in the drain. Yeah. Raw did a 6.3 to Nitro's 4.3 this week. Two point lead here for a Monday Night Raw. Raw, of course, went every single quarter hour again. Nitro came close with a 5.4 for Flair versus Sting as Raw fell to a 5.6 for Bob Holly and D'Lo Brown. <laughs> Raw's, Raw's peak. Raw's peak. <laughs> what? What, Carl? What's wrong with Bob Holly? <laughs> Kind of sounds almost encouraging for a second. Poor D'Lo. Yeah. <laughs> Poor D'Lo. Yeah, D'Lo. He meant so much at the start of the year, and look at him now. Doing mere 5.6s on Raw. <laughs> Raw's peak was a 6.8 for the Godfather vs. Goldust Intercontinental title change. He's Just, money! He's <laughs> money! The Godfather is fucking money! <laughs> so much money! <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, so the Godfather Goldust IC title change did the 6.8 uh, nearly beat WC by three full points, which only did a 4.0 for Ricky Rackman and DJ Ram. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that. The Nitro main event, DDP vs. Steiner, did a 4.5 to Raw's 6.2 for Austin and Rock on the Bridge. So, uh, Kevin Nash lately, by the way, has been watching Raw programming while Nitro is going on in an attempt to counter program against Raw. But, uh, yeah. What, copy. I guess so or I don't know basically put on different segments at different times to try and you know get close to those quarters for reasons that nobody has really explained given the company being in what should be its strongest financial condition in history with merchandising never stronger coming off its biggest money event in history in Wrestlemania 15 and house show business and ratings never being stronger either the WWF did a spring cleaning of sorts Uh, the WWF has released or given notice to Golga George Steele Sniper of the Truth Commission, Hawk and Animal, Legion of Doom, they're gone, Public Enemy, Gilberg, Blue Meanie, DOA, Bart Gunn, after being knocked the fuck out by Burbean, and Dr. Death Steve Williams, who of course, last seen delivering the backdrop driver to Bob Holly, I think, on a Raw. He was on the fifth, he was on the first week, wasn't he? He might have been there, he might have been there on he that on the first show. He was on the first week, he did some sick uh, backdrop drivers and nearly killed a few fools and then... Yeah, he wasn't seen again. And then he wasn't seen again, yeah. Apparently the word on Doc was that after, after uh, some of the people that had been taking those suplexes complained about how dangerous they were, they had no desire to put him with Steve Austin. Well, that certainly makes a whole lot of sense, so yeah. Yeah, of course. So, so off that list they're there... Not going, they're not doing well when it comes to bringing guys in specifically for Austin, are they? Not at all. No. Not at all. And actually this will become a theme in the timeline in 1999, I feel, when it comes to the lack of depth on the heel side in the WWF. From uh, some of the poor choices they'd made, but of the, that list of names there mentioned, anybody any surprises to you? 
Hawk and Animal, they're finally done. S- some were surprising only in the sense that I didn't realise they were still with the company at that Yeah, point. Sniper. Sniper yeah. being a case in point. Golga. Golga. Um, DOA. Though, I, you know, I can't begin to tell you how pleased I am to hear that they Oh, trust me, believe me. Although there's a funny note here saying, uh, DOA were actually on heat doing a connection trying to allude to a gay reference as these big giant bikers with too much who were doing the gay gimmick at the time so they looked like they're prison bitches <laughs> but it never got off the ground because uh, some of the participants weren't happy with where it was going uh, creatively speaking I can probably guess who they were <laughs> all did, of them probably why did Sniper get the chop but Recon didn't um, I don't know maybe they just had higher hopes for Ball yeah, so that's Kirk, it. Kurgan still there? Kurgan's still there. So, jo- jo- so yeah, they've, they've been shipped off to Mexico. So, as, as you do. Yeah. Well, they, they still obviously they're tall, so they, they have higher hopes for them. Uh, there were rumours that Fatu and Jim Cornette were also fired as part of this call, but they were inaccurate stories. So uh, they are still there. The Blue Meanie, who was fired, actually started an online petition and got his job back. So kudos, Meanie. Kudos. LOD. Favorites of yours, Carl? No longer in the company. It was it was time after last being seen fighting the Stooges, I guess. Yeah, it was uh, it was time to go. <laughs> Eric Bischoff was on WCW Live on April fourteenth and said of the Bulldog situation, "I'm sure we look like the heartless organization to send the guy's release while he's sitting in intensive care in the hospital bed." The facts of the matter are, we retain Davy Boy for a period of four to six months while he's been out, and quite frankly, I've never heard, and we as a company have never heard directly from Davy Boy this entire time. <laughs> Just for the other side of the coin, I guess, the other perspective. I was going to say, at least he's not lacking in self-awareness on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Austin was actually hit by a car on April 16th in the San Antonio airport, uh, getting ready to fly to Vancouver for a show that evening. He was hit by the car and rolled over the head. Uh, and the driver drove off, but Austin apparently got the license plate number and is on him. Was it Fatu? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's where they got the idea from. Yeah. Uh, Superb. Yeah. Can you imagine accidentally running somebody over and looking in the rearview mirror? Oh, it's fucking it's Steve Austin! <laughs> Fuck's sake. I just, I just have this image now of Austin going home after being hit, putting on the hunting gear. <laughs> <laughs> from back in, back in October. Yeah. <laughs> Superb. Um, a note from the Pro Wrestling Torch Chris Jericho has not signed with WCW and friends still are betting he will leave for the WWF when his contract expires in July he gave Eric Bischoff a slip of paper at Nitro with a dollar figure on it and said that's what it would take for WCW to keep him and rumour is he asked for a million dollars a year so we'll see how that, uh, how that shapes up well, he hasn't been on TV this month I don't think so. nope 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 oh no actually that's a lie he was on the April 5th show because he lost to Booker I want to say there's some weird fuck finish leading uh, around the US title tournament where Joker got back in after he'd oh, yeah, been eliminated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he has been on. Yeah, yeah. But I think that was actually, that might have been the last. Uh, he hasn't. He's not on since. He wasn't on yeah, the rest of the show. So. Yeah. Also in the torch, Buff Bagwell is in the doghouse due to a growing ego. The upper brass feel like they did him a favour by keeping him on camera throughout his entire recovery from neck surgery and he isn't exactly repaying them, refusing to do jobs, coming up with excuses to not work house shows and turning down personal appearances. So, it started. Fortunately, this is it. This is the downturn now. He's not going to try again, mm. ever again. So the end, I think we've seen the last of the positive Buff Bagwell moments. He's done now, is he? He's done. Ah, well, he's done. It's over. Nice I'm sure. I'm sure he tests positive for several things. Well, who knows? Who knows? 
Charles Robinson is becoming a very unpopular figure in the locker room as his on-air personality is said to be a takeoff of his real-life role as a Ric Flair mark. Robinson has a reputation for gathering gossip that goes on about Flair and Arn, and they are indirectly to Flair and Arn about it. So he's a stooge, basically, is what people are accusing him of here. I think there's far worse things in that company than a Ric Flair mark, frankly. Mm, well, fuck him. you got to think about the people running the company who are not particularly Ric Flair marks, who are so, going out of their way to make him look like a bit of a twat. So why do they put him on TV, then, in a prominent role? Because I guess they thought he, he could play the role, since he's such a mark. Okay. Uh, working the boys again? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Uh, we draws. move. We move. Yeah, of course it does. It flies. Yeah, sincerely, Mark Calloway, by the way. April 19th on Raw. We open up with The Rock driving a hearse into the building. Uh, there's a casket and a gravesite by the stage uh, and a picture, a framed picture of Steve Austin. And of course, tonight we're going to get a eulogy by The Rock on Stone Cold after he killed him by throwing him into the br- off the bridge last week. Did anyone else, when they, when they watched this the first time around, for a split second, just have this sense of dread that it was another ministry angle? I need to be oh, yeah, pl- yeah. I need to be pleasantly surprised when the rock, when comes the rock out. pops out. Hey, it's someone good. Oh, oh thank God for thank that. God for that. It's, <laughs> it's not Midian. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Midian. Road Dog beats Owen Hart in a match with Deborah's tits on the line. Um, their words, pretty much not mine. The a flash, not the actual implants. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So the whole idea is if Road Dog beats Owen, Deborah has to take the 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 get the get the get the get map for the lads, I guess. Um, in, in, implants. Are they? Are they not? They're not real. I, d- I don't believe so, Carl. It's all a work, Carl. Come on, catch up. It's about as real as a, as a face. Oh. Oh. Road Dog gets the win, but of course Jarrett covers her up, and that's the end of that. The Brood go to a no contest with the Acolytes when Ken Shamrock comes out looking for revenge from the shit kickings he took last week and beats up the Acolytes with a baseball bat. And then uh, the Undertaker and Visser come out and attack the Acolytes for failing. Dissension everywhere. Everybody's in fighting. Of course they are. The only thing we're missing right now is a new tag team where the partners hate each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ken Shamrock beats the boss man with a belly-to-belly suplex, then Undertaker appears on the screen and says he knows what hotel room Ryan Shamrock is in. 223, Ken. Ken, he loses his shit at 223. He does. I um, can only assume it was a bluff. Well, he actually names the hotel, doesn't he? Yeah. So it's, ah, well, you know, maybe all the boys stay there, but when he drops the digits... Yeah. Kenny, Kenny's not happy he's not happy he hightails it as fast as his little legs will take him off he goes off he goes where the nasty boys are waiting probably <laughs> <laughs> last week was any indication ah uh, tremendous Mankind beats Triple H by disqualification after China dishes out a low blow you got the Mean Street Posse on commentary here Boss Man and Test run in the Posse run in everybody's beating up Mick Foley until Big Show comes out to make the heroic save and Triple H shoves Test into Big Show and Test takes the choke slam. So again, more more Triple H test goings on here, and and Big Show saved Foley. So we've got we've we've got the odd couple there. We've got the it's a full house. We've got everything. <laughs> it's Russo Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> Russo Bingo. Yeah, Bingo, bro. <laughs> oh God. Big Show wrestles Viscera. Humdinger this was the lights go out the Undertaker comes out for a stare down the crowd seems to react to the uh, take a big show stare down a little bit uh, they trade punches they both threaten to choke slam each other this was not the time for the double choke slam midday, unfortunately ah, one day one day <laughs> um, and then of course it's a two on one Viscera joins in the beating up Mankind until Big Show makes the save for his new buddy Mankind of course Mankind then reminds him we are going to fight on Sunday <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. 
They went to the studios for an interview with Vince and Stephanie McMahon. In the oh, m- this was cringeworthy. Cringeworthy? That's magnanimous. This was fucking putrid. <laughs> Vince got the word that someone was... This is in the studio, of course. In the middle of the interview, and Stephanie, again, is just fucking awful as a baby face in this situation here. Vince got word that someone's at the studio, and he ran out and went crazy throwing punches and knees at Midian. This is funny as fuck. <laughs> this is so awful. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Vince McMahon <laughs> fucking hightailing it like <laughs> Usain Bolt through the, the, the halls of this building to fucking find Midian and kick the shit out of him in the parking lot. It was hilarious. He come, comes in, a couple of jabs, nice Muay Thai knee. Yeah, the knee! I love the it's knee. It's brilliant. I love my ass off the knee. Yeah. <laughs> and then jumps in Midian's car and tries to run him over. Yeah, tries to reverse into <laughs> tries to reverse into Midian. Then he oh, gets, we'd all do the same. Then he gets pulled out the car. Midian throws him down, jumps in the car, and drives off. This was just terrible. <laughs> it was so terrible. What's that? He's still the heel. Oh yeah. Well, I guess he's not. He's t- the teasing. Yeah, face. it's a babyface turn for Vince. Is what's happening? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just hysterical. There's a massive, there's a, uh, there's a shit angle in here with Valvina, Sable, Dilo, and Ivory that ends in a choke slam from Nicole Bass that looked like shit. I just had to bring that up because it was fucking awful. Nice. Of course, we end with the Rock's eulogy, which is just superb. Of course, in the middle of this, the Dilly Trailer Park trash, he does his whole shtick, reveals he actually has the smoking skull belt on underneath his suit. Ah, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we all thought everybody did. Uh, then Austin arrives in a monster truck there's been a reference earlier in the show Rock's on his phone talking about his new Lincoln Continental that he's got Austin turns up in a monster truck finds out which one is the Rock's car parks into a nice position gets into his monster truck drives past it one time which I'm assuming was probably an accident I don't know lining it up I think lining it up I don't know he he had some some sort of hairy moments with these vehicles he was driving down the years yeah This one, however, the second time, he just crushed the Lincoln Continental, did it a second time for good measure, and then drives into the building and drives it and parks it on top of the hearse. Which is just... And again, crowd's going crazy. He gets out of the truck. Rock comes out of the ring. They start brawling. They have a hilarious fight where Austin throws him to the barricade and Rock slides upside down to the concrete floor. (laughs) Fucking great. And then just as it's peaking, Rock gets thrown in the grave. Austin gets his belt back. Hooray. And then here comes Shane McMahon from behind with a shovel to the back of Austin's head to knock him down to close the show as he raises the smoking skull belt. So Austin doesn't have possession of it yet. And of course, Shane is the ref for Rock (laughs) versus Austin 2 at Backlash. It's weird watching the... The, to build to Austin Rock the rematch it's kind of it's not like what you'd say was typically like really intense great stuff because the focus is all on the on, on the, the, the ministry the bullshit. ministry and, and, and the corporation but it's these two these are the two guys everyone's watching the show yeah so and every week it's like what's Steve's gonna do something wacky every single week so like the, this mid card is still shit it's in the context of its of, of WF attitude but like compare it it's still shit but god damn people just, these two are so fantastic yeah and and much as in the same way a lot of the focus appears to be a little bit muddled this month like it was with March I was going to say where you've got the, the, mini, the, the really the, the introduction of the ministry as a core focal point of the company the, the month before at least I'd suggest in this instance the build for Rock and Austin in April is far superior to the build they had for Mania. Absolutely. It's better, but it's still, I say it's still second fiddle. The oh, one yeah, I, I, I wouldn't dispute that, but I always, considering how 
good a number Mania 15 did and it did it off the back of solely that what match let's face it there's nothing else that drew that drew that buy rate the build for it is so underwhelming to me yeah whereas at least with this you're, you're right Kieran it's not it's not the focus that it sh- it doesn't have the focus it should have but but those two together is just it's just magic yeah what I will say is especially the first half I was really concerned it's Rock getting you know just mixed in with this corporate model but second half of the month they separate him away he doesn't come out as much with them he obviously comes out to his own music he's kind of doing his own thing yeah. plus he's doing he's teasing face anyway he's even, it might be this week he does I can't remember what he says in a promo but he, he hints like oh, I'm not going to do that anymore because that's a face thing but ah fuck it or whatever he said he basically intimates that the fans want him they, they love him and he's going to give it and he wouldn't the only reason he's not doing it because at the minute he's got to fight Austin so basically he's, he's pretty much says like yeah I'm going to go I'm going to turn him baby face <laughs> next week yeah <laughs> pretty much he pretty much says that yeah um, so not the best episode of Raw although Rock and Austin are fantastic and love their stuff over on Nitro I thought a really good episode April 19th this is a really good one here I thought blew away Raw when I watched them back to back uh, again they've got, they've got several pay-per-view matches advertised well in advance this time so maybe they've learned their lesson from the shit buying rate at Spring Stampede Great heat throughout the show. Started off with a, uh, yes. a surprisingly hot Benoit Malenko Armstrong's match. It's great, man. I guess this is what I'm talking about. Uh, these two widely entertaining as you know in, in, in the role. Arn ringside, fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. He takes the bump. I think he takes the bump in. It's a really nice thing. I don't normally like like lackeys or valets getting um, Bayface getting shine on them early, but without you know. Build your heat first, then pay it off. Yeah. But this one, it, it just—I uh, think he pops up on the apron for what is going to be the the, the comeback, and yeah, it just takes a bump real quick. And it's just—it's such a great bump. It's like everyone's so into the Armstrongs, into this match. Just you know, and just yeah, the, the take, taking the bump at this point was just perfect. Yeah. Arn's fantastic. I just um, love watching this. It's actually, yeah, this yeah, you're watching the match. It's like, okay, what's this going to be? But and actually, in Venice, the, the crowd's really hot throughout the entire night on this yeah. episode match, which really actually probably makes the difference. But again, just because of the crowd, it's like it perked everybody up. And I, just, I really enjoy this match. Surprisingly, a little hidden gem here: Armstrongs versus Malenko and Arms and, uh, and Benoit. I can't be dealing with Scott's hair though. No, oh Scott Armstrong. Oh, that, I don't know and Armstrong. he's on Steve Armstrong. Yeah. He looks like Brendan Rodgers. So, <laughs> no from me. But still, it's a good match. Always thought maybe a little bit of a Woody Harrelson vibe yes, as well from him. I get Carl. Yes, he does look like Carl. Mm, mm, yeah, good point. DDP did a promo and was booed again. Goldberg came out to set up a match with DDP for the main event, so we are going to get tonight Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page for the World Championship. Well, they started the show with Goldberg entering the arena saying, Tonight, Goldberg DDP World Title. Or something like that. Yeah, pretty so. much telling you what you're going to get, and then obviously they make it official here in this segment. We get a long four way cruiserweight title match with Ray, Blitzkrieg, Hoovy, and Psychosis, with uh, Psychosis winning the championship, which is very uh, kind of surprising. Outcome here, Psychosis so yes, in treading water for a long very time. Odd. Pins Blitzkrieg for the to, to get the win, not Ray. But uh, yeah, again, had its had its moments. Very again, they gave us a lot of time. That's ages. It went a long time, and I mean, and a lot of it was just kind of stuff just happening in the ring, no real rhyme or reason, bunch of spots. Yeah. But enjoyable enough, and then obviously in the, at the end, very surprising finish. So yeah, it's pretty much just a crazy dives throughout. Um, not a lot of rhyme or reason, but. It's fun, and yeah, the crowd eats it up because, as you said, they're super hot for everything. Yeah, they're, they're, they're super into Ray. They're into Hoovy. Hoovy's good here, kind of playing heel a little bit. Team with psychosis to start to start off, and then it all breaks down. But uh, yeah, Hoovy's Hoovy's fun here again. Great, that's why. Yeah, and, and Brett saw it back at the start of the year, unlike everybody else, when he praised hypnosis to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> 
Roddy Piper did an, an insane angle with Ric Flair on this show, where Piper, the commissioner, comes out and and this is great because first of all he's, he's talking about you know, Rick not being mentally capable to be the the president of the company, and he talks about you know. Oh, he's trying to kind of buddy up to Arn a little bit here, Piper. He's got Flair, Arn, and Piper in the ring with Gene. And Piper's trying to kind of buddy up to Arn, saying, Do you think it's normal that this man takes his clothes off the way he does? And Arn just says, I've seen him get naked many times. I've seen him without his pants on so many times over the years. Ain't nothing normal about this. Ain't nothing unusual about this, isn't it? Ain't nothing, yeah, exactly. This is Ric Flair. There's nothing unusual about this. Piper eventually says that David Flair signed a paper that Rick is incapable of rational thought, and therefore Flair is removed as the president. Flair then says that Piper's fired. <laughs> he, he, go, he goes into absolute classic breakdown mode, rips all of his clothes off, leaving himself in like Florida Gators silk boxes because they're in Florida, which is just hilarious. Calls himself the President of the United States. Said he was going to give the national championship back to Florida from Tennessee. <laughs> Eventually, Piper orders Ric Flair to wrestle Kevin Nash, to which Arn Anderson passes out in the corner. <laughs> Complete overreaction. Then you got Flair as well telling Piper he's fired, but he's gonna have a match with him. Yeah. And Piper's, then you're like, fired. Piper's like, hang on, I'm fired, but we're having a match. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. And Flair's like, we'll have the match, and then you're fired. <laughs> you're stupid. It is fun though. It is funny, yeah. Scott Steiner. <laughs> Scott Steiner beats Scott Norton on this show in a fucking dire finish. By the way, Scott Norton, who doesn't like selling or doing jobs, continuing that streak. I don't think he likes turning up full stop. Really. No, I don't like him turning up either. The steroid chants were unbelievably loud in this match. Don't these fans know that all WCW wrestlers are under a stringent policy and they were all drug tested last Thursday? Oh, you mean Steiner had a bad back that day? Apparently Steiner skipped out on drug testing, claiming a bad back. So, uh, ah, it's always been big, it's probably natural. <laughs> probably. Probably. Worst case scenario, suspended with pay. <laughs> Nash did a babyface promo and the fans chanted Goldberg at him. Get exactly what you deserve there, Kev. He is he's shamelessly gravy training here as the chant Goldberg and Nash says something along the lines of how they have great taste. It's like you fucking suck ass. This is the thing with it. okay, talk about this flip flopping in this company, but Okay, yeah, he's the face and he's not as he's not the face of Goldberg, so you expect that. But lest we forget, he was a heel only a couple of months ago. A couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, and they fucked Goldberg with a taser and then he it's just no continuity in well now him and Hogan turned babyface when Flair went heel which oh, leaves yeah. Goldberg up shit creek because you know I'm not, yeah but it's Goldberg's fault because he got hurt apparently according to Kev uh, yeah just yeah why, 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 why try yeah well yeah. anyway so this is all building to Kevin Nash versus Ric Flair uh, the fans hated Nash and loved Flair although through Arn's great work Flair begging off and Little Nate uh, as the hero ref they did turn it around by the end Nash finally used the jackknife powerbomb to kill Flair dead and he lied there like a, like a fucking corpse stiff as a board as soon as he took the move. Little Nate walks out of the match rather than count until gorgeous George comes out and beats him up, steals his shirt and counts the three while Kevin Nash has one foot on Flair's chest. This is about a minute after the powerbomb has been administered. Uh, is that where Triple H got the idea from for Mania 19? It might have been actually. They're buds you know. 
they have the goofiest looking doctors in history. Can't Vic flare out on a stretcher. Arn's all concerned as they're taking him to the back because he, he looks at the, the vehicle and it's like, wait a minute, where's all the life support stuff? Where's all the padding? Where, where's all the stuff to help him? They throw him in the ambulance and then they close the door and of course it's actually a mental institution truck that Flair is being thrown in. Roddy Piper's there laughing on the other side of the doors. Flair's banging trying to scream to get out. resurrected for some reason. Yeah, and he's woken up from the power bomb. Yeah. He's kicking and screaming trying to get out and the, the vehicle drives away. So Flair is going to the nut house. <laughs> Hip. Innovative and family suitable. It's out there. <laughs> Shut up and wrestle, Carl. So he's gone. Probably, what, second biggest draw in face on the show still? To uh, pointless heel. Living joke. To, yeah, comedy character. Yeah. In the space of a month. Yeah. This is the month, by the way, where Ric Flair got kicked off the, ti- the, uh, the Time Man of the Century award because he'd been getting too many votes from uh, like you know wrestling fans who'd been petitioning for him to do well he was like in second place behind Jesus it wasn't wasn't Hitler high on that list as well yeah, so basically, I remember rightly yeah so what basically happened was they kicked Flair off the ballot because all the wrestling fans were petitioning for him they kicked Christ off the ballot because he was having all the religious people voting for him and then Adolf <laughs> Adolf who was in third then jumped to number one man of the century I don't know how he got the got the uh, he was, anyway so he was timed man of the year once mm-hmm. um, it happened <laughs> <laughs> shake your head Kieran just shake that head we end up with in the main event a really fun DDP versus Goldberg main event until the finish when yes. Gold, when Diamond Dallas Page KOs him with a weapon destroys his knee in much the same way he did to Hulk Hogan of course figure four around the ring post and all that and who should make the heroic save but fucking Kevin Nash who comes runs off DDP and checks on Goldberg gives him a hug gives him a hug as Goldberg reaches up and touches Nash's silky smooth Pantene Pro V hair and the crowd laughs and the crowd laughs and fucking boos and just throws their hands in the air like what the fuck is this Nash and Goldberg yeah talk about as much as I hated this as much as Goldberg's uh, sorry Goldberg uh, Goldust's wig on Goldberg is lambasted this to me is much more offensive (laughs) This is fucking bollocks. This is the man it's like who fucks him out of everything. He's trying to rival Sting for the world's dumbest baby I face. Kevin Nash as the booker is just fucking eviscerating uh, everyone and getting himself over here. It's just as plain yeah. as day. It really is. And yet he wasn't found guilty. <laughs> I, you, can't, you can't... Kevin Nash could not be guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back to the archives to hear the trial of Kevin Nash. A fine show if I do say, say so myself. Uh, anyway, let's get to the ratings here. Raw, surprisingly, won. Did a 6.1 to Nitro's 4.0. As has been the case the past few weeks, the big difference in Nitro has been the unopposed first hour, which is no longer drawing. The closest WCW came was a 5.7 to 5.0 edge in WF's favour for The Undertaker and Viscera beating up Big Show and Mankind making the save, plus the Vince McMahon Midian brawl, oh, <laughs> if no. you can believe that. Going against Flair versus Nash on Nitro, which did the 5.0, so that was the high watermark, was Flair. Of particular concern for WCW has to be that after Flair vs. Nash built the rating up to a 5.0, the Page-Goldberg title match only did a 3.4 final quarter. Raw's final quarter doubled that with a 6.8 and a 7.1 overrun for a uh, angle with Sable, Steve Austin in the monster truck and the graveside fight uh, for The Rock's eulogy. It's been a real black mark against Page as a ratings draw that he did that he did poorly once again this time with Goldberg. As funny as this sounds, and it shouldn't be, it's more clear than ever that Ric Flair is the biggest star in the promotion, which is the worst thing for the company due to the age perception and the fact that he's now a heel. 
He's, he's in the fucking loony bin now. He's not a heel or a face. Oh, come on. He's just, uh, he's the top guy. <laughs> and look at him he's now. He's the top guy. Isn't he's it? in the fucking nut house. <laughs> loony bin. Mental health. Right for parody in the family friendly WCW. To be fair, this was 99. Yeah. Women were still getting called skanks and shit, so. <laughs> you feel like it's kind of churlish to point out at this, at this stage that uh, the reboot did actually get them a slight bump in the ratings which is now we're seeing week on week slowly dwindling getting back nearer to that 3.5 they did at the turn of the month hmm, good observation I had not picked up on that as a matter of fact Nitro's 4.0 here at this point so they're getting there <laughs> they're getting there it's, it's a gradual process unlike the booking of Flair yeah, which just seems to go like from drastic sharp turns. Think of the stuff they've done with Flair this year. The angle where the NWO beat him up in the desert for six days. The you know the double turn, which makes no sense. His son betraying him. Yeah. Mental asylum. Look at him now. He's packed quite a lot in since the world champion. World champion. President. Yeah, of president of the company. company and the country. Yeah, um, and, and still the biggest ratings draw they've got. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Hulk Hogan underwent arthroscopic knee surgery uh, on April 20th under Dr. James Andrews. The knee injury was legit, but the severity of it is being overplayed. He'd had the knee problem for some time, saw the timing and the weak advances on the house shows, and decided it was time for some time off. So uh, there you go. The wood out on the shelf. In the torch... Uh, it mentions that there were a round of WCW drug tests in the last week, as we kind of mentioned there before. Scott Stein has skipped out on them. Among those tested were Bill Goldberg, Wrath, Conan, Buff Bagwell, Ed Leslie, Raven, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Rick Steiner, Booker T, several cruiserweights, several luchadors, and the Nitro Girls. Uh, the tests were not initi- uh, initiated by Eric Bischoff, but instead by Time Warner higher-ups apparently concerned after the ESPN Outside the Lines piece. Most wrestlers are viewing the tests as a formality. <laughs> And in fact, I don't know if there were any consequences for any of these. The moral of that story is Scotty didn't have to have the day off. No. No, didn't matter. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting to note that they did these drug tests on this day because on April 20th, Rick Rude passes away of a heart attack at the age of 40. Rude had taken his eight-year-old son to school, attended a martial arts class, and went to hit some golf balls. At 5pm, his wife returned from shopping and found him on the floor, barely breathing and with a light pulse. She called 911 and he was revived briefly in the ambulance before going into a coma and suffering cardiac arrest in the hospital. The heart attack is being investigated as a possible drug overdose. There were empty prescription pain pills, uh, pill bottles found near his bed. Uh, Rude had been attempting to get out of his WCW contract since at least December, presumably to wrestle in the WWF. At one point, he threatened Bischoff that he'd just show up in the stands on a WWF broadcast. There had been bad blood between Brish, uh, Bischoff and Rude, dating back to Bischoff signing Rude from the WWF for 300 grand a, 300 grand a year per year on a three-year deal and never using him. The bad blood was such that Rick Rude's viewing, Rude's mother asked Bischoff, who'd come with his wife, to leave, uh, which Bischoff quietly did. There'd been a series of incidents going back two months with Rude. On March 1st, uh, when Rude was doing the Backstage Blast internet show for WCW, he literally passed out on the set in between segments, and his performance was said to have been embarrassing. On April 9th, he was arrested on a DUI. Uh, Rude had been in training for a return to the ring, and had recently pitched a feud against Steve Austin to WWF officials. So uh, that's the. Uh, Just um, don't suggest anything with Steve Austin at this point. It is the cursed uh, no. challenge. Un- un- unless you're Steve. <laughs> just, just don't. Yeah. Well, this is a sad end for Rick. It is. I think it's probably, in my opinion, if you look at the facts, probably unfair to blame the drugs. 
if you notice, he had gone to karate that day, and the symptoms to me sound like he'd been hit with a touch of death, and <laughs> it's real then. And the effects, uh, yeah, two three hours later, that's that sounds about right for the touch of death. <laughs> yeah, and new low And why do you think Bischoff wasn't allowed in? Because he's Mr. Karate. <laughs> I've heard a lot on the Kieran's conspiracy corner crackpot theories of yours, Kieran. This, this is this is somewhere high on the list. Carl, I'd say four to six. Carl, range. Carl cannot compose Fair himself. Middle. I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got absolutely nothing to add. Kind of a, a sad state of affairs here. Rude, obviously, heavy steroid user for most of his uh, career, easy to say. Um, and yeah, I guess a lot of painkillers. Like they had his broken back in 94 at the hands of Sting that he was not too thrilled about. But uh, yeah, so this is unfortunately another drug-related yeah. death in the wrestling business. <clears throat> a pattern that would grow disturbingly uh, frequent over the next few years, I'm, I'm sure we'll see. Davy Boy Smith was released from the hospital on April 21st. He's free! He's in a full body cast and has a new catheter tube placed in him every morning. Free probably isn't the right word there. Yeah. <laughs> Bischoff called his lawyers since there was a threat of a lawsuit over the termination and claimed he had no idea that Smith was hurt as bad as he was and that uh, people had told him that Smith wasn't actually even really hurt. <laughs> WCW, to be fair, are still actually paying him after they found out what happened even though they fired him. So they're, they're still paying him even though the contract's over. I love that. Is that not the epitome of a WCW <laughs> disciplinary? fired with full pay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> David, 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 we'll still pay you, son. But you're fired. It's, it's like... just a word people use. <laughs> like suspension and drug test. <laughs> no, they don't mean anything. It's semantics. <laughs> We're the new WCW. Here's a pay rise. <laughs> what do you think of my new logo? <laughs> Dave Meltzer says, There seem to be plans again to start building to a Billy Gunn heel turn. Well, they are short on heels. Well, that's the problem, you see. They're short on heels. A lot of the people they thought might pan out for Austin Fuse haven't, so Billy Gunn... Kevin Nash this week proposed an idea of a new four horsemen with himself, Lex Luger... Rick Steiner and Ric Flair, with Arn Anderson as the manager, but Bischoff nixed it. The idea, since Luger and Nash had been trying to get Flair out of the picture, was for Nash to be in the Horseman as world champion and Flair being in the background in his own group. That's fucking stupid. Well, how, how bad the idea, has the idea got to be for Bischoff to say no? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> think about that, you know. This is the man that allowed DJ Ram to be on TV. Well, that does beg the question, what was the motivation to say no? Because it probably wasn't that it was a terrible idea. It has to be. It, 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 it is that. His it, track record says that's not the case. It is that bad. Maybe it's just. Yeah, it come on. Bad. It is that bad. Maybe it's just Rick Steiner. Yeah, <laughs> Rick Steiner. No, they were buds, weren't they? Because were Rick, Rick wasn't the big biker guy. No. So obviously, uh, him Ooh. and him and yeah, he's one of those guys who were uh, changed leathers, did they? Yeah, fags. I think is the name to say. <laughs> I'm quoting South Park, Liam. I'm not. <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm leaving the if South Park said it. <laughs> Here's a bit of news that will bring a, a twinkle to your eye, Carl. Arn Anderson, a member of WCW management, slapped Disco Inferno in front of a dozen other wrestlers after Thunder. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I don't care what it was for, you don't need to tell me that, it's just, that, that was enough. Oh, it gets better. Disco had given Hugh Morris a hard time. Disco made a comment about how Hugh's kids like Disco better than they like their dad. Arn Anderson told Disco to lay off the family talk. 
this going on, often trade good-natured verbal barbs, the Disco responded as usual. Arn then slapped him hard across the face and called it a Rome-Georgia ass-kicking. <laughs> it wasn't the first time Disco's been slapped in front of fellow wrestlers. Eddie Guerrero on a tour of Europe more than a year ago slapped Disco in a bar when he irritated him. Yeah. Go on, Eddie. <laughs> There's been at least uh, talk of using the Hardy Boys as DX pledges, uh, and also of them being paired with Michael Hayes to create a new generation Freebirds. Uh, so plans for the Hardys are finally shaping up here as they kind of realise that the undercard sucks dick. Goldberg did an interview in POV magazine. He claimed to be the most underpaid and underappreciated person on the planet. He said he on the planet on the planet. He said he'd like to wrestle only two more years, but felt the reality was he'd be wrestling five more years, and said no way would he still be wrestling at the age of 38. Was he wrestling when he was 38? Uh, was I don't know how old he was at that, that, year, that time. He probably was Actually, sitting Actually, he was only about 32, 31, 32. He's pretty it? young, yeah. yeah. So five years on, 2003, four. Yeah, mm. right around the time, around the time. <laughs> April 25th, we go to WWF's Backlash. 10,939 pounds sell out the building. A 1.06 point for 400,000 buys. Steve Austin beats The Rock in the best WWF match so far in 1999. A real of a match featuring The Rock Cam. The Rock Cam. Greatest thing of all time. <laughs> Filming himself giving Austin the middle finger in that really weird, crooked American yeah. way. And then turning around to look at the fans. Turning back to see Steve Austin giving him the finger in the Stone Cold Stunner. That was just... The moment Austin pops up in, because it obviously shows you through the rocks cam. Yeah. And as Rock pops, uh, sorry, as Austin pops into the into the shot on the table, gives him the double finger and the stunner while he's holding the camera. This is just, this is art. It's poetry. It was it was kind of like the the halftime heat camera sort of thing, only done well. Yeah. Yeah, I go with Executed that. well. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. It kind of helps when there's people there like marking out for it as well. Yeah, re- reacting to things. Yes. Yeah. Really fun match, just a, a great brawl uh, all over the place, just red hot stuff here. Shane McMahon ends up uh, getting kind of knocked out, Vince uh, helps as well, kind of gets involved, Earl Hebner counts the fall. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure he shares a beer with Steve at the end as well. Yeah. J- JR's sort of back back into the full swing of things at this point, at least it feels that way, mm, and, yeah. and that, that helps as well. Yeah, great stuff here, of course, that this ends with the... Uh, I believe the great double st- two stunners are on the rock where he does the stunner does that weird like walk around selling no it's the belt shot isn't it sorry at the end uh, hits him with a belt and then obviously reclaims his championship to end the show just actually no, no, no he doesn't no, Corral, no. Uh, sorry. it does not end the show poor choice of words em- emphasising as we talked about earlier yeah. the, the lack of or not lack of focus but the fact that Austin and Rock have not been the main focus of the company during this month in the way they should have been we get a what treat. does the show end with Liam it ends <laughs> with Stephanie McMahon in the back of the limousine, a- limousine asking the driver to, uh, you know, do whatever. Driver! She- yeah, driver. And of course the window comes down. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Undertaker child his inner Shane Douglas at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that ends the show. Cut the fucking screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's a terrible, terrible end to an otherwise good. Because Jim Ross and Jerry Lovell, oh God. Well, Vince is standing there completely unaware in the aisle. Well, Steve is celebrating in the ring. Oh, where the focus should be. Yeah, precisely. Elsewhere on this show, however, this is not the well rounded card that Spring Stampede no. was. Triple H massively, massively disappoints in a match against X Pac here. His first big major singles match as a heel. Just plodding, plodding hey, effort. Hey, can you have a plodding match with X Pac? X Pac was so good during this period of time. He'd been uh, he's he such just, a great baby just, face. It just buries him. It, oh yeah, it's a complete totally burial. Does. Yeah, and it's a sting. It's just a boring plodding match. And speaking of Undertaker and Ken Shamrock, <laughs> fucking hell, does that go on forever? It, it, it feels like an absolute eternity. And what probably doesn't help that match is that by this point you've got heel Undertaker and not really a baby, baby face shamrock at this stage so so that, you know it, it may just I'm not going to say that would have swung it in any way it just makes a bad situation worse so Taker is a heel then oh yeah because oh, yeah. before they did the Vince stuff like when he kind of left the corporation wasn't it a little ambiguous he was kind of like a faux face at first of, they thought he was going to be a baby face and then they kind of changed it and then it's ended up being this horrible kind of shit that it is now might be worth remembering for future reference that, that Vince, Austin, Vince McMahon helped Austin win the title here by the way it just might be useful might be helpful either the story plays out just, just guessing <laughs> it might there, there also might be certain plot holes that we can point to along the way Ooh, speculation Carl it, it see is, what happens it is speculation it might just be wild allegations at this stage but we'll see the next night April 26th the show starts with The Rock coming out and turning babyface, burying Shane McMahon. Uh, Shane didn't exactly back down and cause The Rock a piece of monkey crap. Uh, Rock was about to go after Shane, but wound up hitting Triple H in the face. Uh, China decks him. <laughs> the Rock just turns around, looks at her, and then fucking lamps <laughs> her in the face. <laughs> lamps her in the face. And to rapturous applause. Everybody loves Of course, the corporation then overpowers him. Shane gets everyone to kind of beg off and then kicks The Rock when he's down. Uh, Shane then fires him from the corporation. Rock challenges Shane to a match later on in this show. So uh, Rock's babyface, he's there. He's just as soon as he says that he's got a problem with a two hundred pound bag of monkey crap named Shane McMahon. Yeah, he comes out, and that's the thing. The way he's been, uh, and at first it's a weird problem because at first he kind of takes some digs at Austin. Yeah, well it's nice. It's it's, it's at least it's it trying makes, to be it yeah authentic. Sense. It's like yeah you. Okay, you beat me. That's not now, but I've st- I still kick your ass. And, and then uh, and Austin retorts as well, so they don't just ignore it. It's not he's not coming out and hugging him like this fucking isn't Goldberg. Goldberg and Nash. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's it's Rock's got that. What is great is he's exuding an emotion that he did without saying it, and he comes out and just his body language is fuck this. This you know I only I was only going along with the corporation because I was the fucking champ and I was getting it was good. I don't like you guys. I'm gonna do my own thing anyway. I'm the fucking rock. Yeah. So now I'm gonna do it, and it's it's like everyone's like, ah, oh, ah, God, man. we can cheer him yeah. now. We're allowed. Excellent. Um, yeah. Also on the show, Kane attacks X Pack after getting a bloodbath from the Brood. Not exactly sure why. Uh, Taker tells Vincent Mann that to get his daughter back, he'd have to hand the company over to him and have Steve Austin deliver the papers. Uh, Austin did an interview and Vincent Mann begged him to do it a little bit later in the show and Austin said no <laughs> fuck you <laughs> why would he I'm not going to help you what the fuck would I help you for as it turns out completely justified in the long run by Steve Austin ain't no stupid baby face here <laughs> Vince's sad look when he says no yeah we can only assume this was the actual original plan for the higher power to jump Austin that's what we can only assume of course right, I'm guessing it's, it's all we can allude to at this point mm-hmm. 
Um, Billy Gunn seemingly started his heel turn as he sort of ripped on X-Pac for not getting the job done against Triple H at Backlash in an interview backstage with a him and Dog talking to Michael Cole, I believe. Billy Gunn is, of course, no longer Billy Gunn. He's now Mr. Ass, and this is the debut of I'm an Ass Man, <laughs> the theme song, in which case he, he promptly gathers that momentum and loses to Triple H after an assistance from China. Uh, the crowd is completely dead for this match, by the way. So, was it one of the previous weeks, then? It must have been the previous weeks, when in the match with maybe... It might have been Jarrett? Him and Jarrett the previous week. Yeah, so he's, he's out there trying to get Deborah to show, show him her tits... And he just kind of bends over and shows her his anus about from about two feet away. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from Billy Gunn's anus. As a sentence I never thought I'd utter. <laughs> um, Triple H has meant nothing since SummerSlam. No. Really not, meant nothing. Not one thing. It's almost like that feud was about the other guy. Yeah. Other yeah. Guy? That other guy must be something special. <laughs> he must have been. Mm. Dave Meltzer agrees here. Says seriously, whenever Triple H is put in a position where he's supposed to have a good match to make himself the star that they've been grooming him to be from day one, he usually comes up short. Hmm. No, I'm sure there's ways round that. <laughs> Mankind and Big Show, your new favourite tag team car. One day after the Boiler Room brawl, where they beat the shit out of each other, beat Test and the Big Boss Man. When Boss Man throws Test to the Sharks. Tess then decks the boss man post-match and then like a moron turns around and boss man gets up and beats the shit out of him with a nightstick. Well, there you go. Uh, they aired the uh, Cleavage Family Vignette. It's exactly what you thought it would be. It's the uh, yeah, the mama, mother cleavage, some bleach blonde, siliconed up female bodybuilder and black and white grainy footage. I'm sure you all know what this is. Uh, Oedipus, people. Oedipus. Did it make you feel good to see this again, Carl? Did this bring you no. nostalgic feelings being a man of uh, the 20s? <laughs> I'll have you know I was a man of the 1950s <laughs> fucking Russo <laughs> also on the show there's a PMS vignette with Sean Stasiak oh my goodness this has like Mark Henry's music in the background and apparently there were the, yeah. the rumours this week were that he was going to be called Sexual Vanilla <laughs> of course well, before they changed it to the much better meat don't you say he's not called meat at this stage I don't think so okay um, no I don't think he has a name yet uh, Rock versus Shane McMahon takes place and goes on for one minute before The Rock of course he lays out the Mean Street Posse when they come out including a fantastic rock bottom on Rodney <laughs> um, and then Triple H in China come out and beat up The Rock and they all kick his ass so probably another low blow how many low blows have I seen this week this month so far oh yeah tons on both shows they're all over the place <sighs> Balls of Steel in 1999 it's uh, WCW was well, yeah WCW well they were, they were blatant you know they were worse with it which is given like the perceived directions of both shows is I guess somewhat surprising mm. um, but yeah it's, it's, especially WCW WCW it's like the low blows the only thing a top star will actually sell yeah uh, so it's and even then the refs don't sell it yeah oh they don't give a shit <laughs> go ahead <laughs> not my balls <laughs> that's really the new catchphrase anyway so yeah we have the match and then of course Triple H and China beat up the rock they all kick his ass auspicious start here for the rock as a baby mm. face can't say I was too thrilled watching this back it's like this is not the way to turn the rock baby face no. you mm. went in nice and hot straight away and it's like yeah this is where's this gonna go bit of anticipation what's this guy gonna achieve now not getting fucking beat up by that guy desperate for some charisma heat. vacuum yeah desperate for heat Triple Let's H face it, what? and his music sucks oh here, by the god, way oh god doesn't it just shit guitar 
fucking dire. We're not ending the show with that, are we? <laughs> no, we're not. Thank God for that. Yeah, we're going to end it with the ass man. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, yeah, so... Billy Gunn's effectively turned heel. Rock's turned face. Test's more or less been thrown out of the corporation at this stage. Yeah, he's been beaten up by boss man, so he's a face by de facto. Yeah. Vince is a baby face. Vince is a baby face. They're trying to align him with, with Austin for the purposes of this showdown would take it so many things just happening yeah so many things Beaver Cleavage has debuted <laughs> Meat has debuted oh god you can't miss a week car this is the thing must see TV most of it's not must see most of it may as well never happened what are you talking about unless it's Steve Austin or The Rock forget it <laughs> what's the point oh hang on now Carl don't be so cynical you sound like the voice of the wrestling world in 2002. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, again, Kane chokes Sam's own heart, Jeff Jarrett, and X Pac, then regretted it once again and carried X Pac to the back. Aww. Yeah, they're becoming close pals. Mm. I like this odd couple thing, actually, with Kane and X Pac. I actually don't. Hate it, it, it develops into something I quite like as, as, uh, as the year goes on. Um, I just like Pac having something that's like. At least important. worthwhile, yeah. Yeah. Uh, X Pac really gets the shaft this year. Um, and of course to close out the show it's the black wedding of The Undertaker and Stephanie um, Paul Bear is there with his little book reading from it we should mention that uh, isn't Jim Cornette on commentary throughout the show yeah he's replacing Lawler because Lawler's dealing with some uh, situations in Memphis is he now <laughs> is he now yeah oh. school <laughs> for summer oh it's April isn't it yeah. that's okay it's, it's about to be it's about nice. to be so of course Stephanie McMahon is lying on the cross as they're going to do the, the uh, unholy union between Taker and Steph Steve Austin comes out makes the save saves Stephanie McMahon Stephanie of course as soon as she gets loose runs over and hugs our hero Steve who doesn't hug her back <laughs> holds his arms out doesn't want any part of this bullshit he was just doing the right thing because god damn he's got a code of ethics and, and, uh, he, and he waylays some of these fuckers in oh, history. No. Oh, this was lo- this was glorious. This is this is, I've been waiting for this. Eating that steel, the pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if for the for the three months that I've had to put up with a fucking ministry on Who, TV. By all rights, if it wasn't for the Undertaker, it's the NWO black and white. These fucking losers. It's amazing. Well, them and the corporation. How many fucking yeah. jobbers? Let's face it. Without the without the Rock, what is the corporation? A Triple H who isn't over and the rest. <laughs> so, after, after, these, <laughs> after these months of the ministry, I f- we finally get a bit of salvation and it's Steve Austin with a steel chair dishing out concussions. We get the moment where as Stephanie runs back to Vince, Vince looks at Steve and just says, Thank you. I They're watching, on the same page. I was watching this and I was thinking... I really hope he gets a stunner. That, 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 would, that <laughs> stuns them both. That would top off. Yes. Fuck this bullshit. I had enough of this nonsense. I didn't mind it. Yeah. Fun to go home. And I will actually say before we get to Nitro, the amount of girls at my school who talked about this angle this week was so weird. Black wedding. Yeah. Everyone, uh, my, I just remember, it's one of my like, vivid memories of school at this time. Girls talking about the black wedding angle and loving Steve Austin because of it. <laughs> It's a sexy beast. Uh, see, it's funny you mention that because mo- most people, when I, when I spoke to them at school about this, weren't talking about the Black Wedding or Austin at all. They were, they, everyone was talking about The Rock. Yeah. The Rock, the rock and the Turf. Well, everyone else in my year was a 
with the rock fans it was only me I, I was the Austin all day <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they were talking about at the school Jerry Lawler was at new codes of conduct uh, <laughs> on my stranger <laughs> danger <laughs> <laughs> that should be Lawler's finisher <laughs> Over on Nitro, moving swiftly along, Meltzer writes, If you watch sitcoms and soap operas, they don't build something at one week, do something in the middle that makes the original thing go away, then come back the next week and pretend the week in the middle never happened. Like Steiner DDP? Yes. Witness Flair being committed for 72 hours. On Thursday's Thunder, they announced he's out of the mental hospital, backstage making changes to the card. On Sunday, he wrestled in Minneapolis. But on Monday, he's been in the nut house for the last seven days and is still there, running around in the same underwear like he's never left. But he's not alone, is he? We'll come to this. We'll come to this. How about Vandy Savage being suspended by Flair and them having a match with Gorgeous George versus Charles Robinson, where George has to win to get Savage reinstated? However, Savage works all the house shows and then, this week, wrestles on Nitro. So what's the point of the match on the pay-per-view? Or how about Piper being fired as commissioner last week, but being back this week as commissioner, and being fired again, with no explanation why his being fired last week didn't happen? Well, yeah, it's something to say, isn't it? (sighs) Kevin Nash. This this booking regime of Kevin Nash is looking worse and worse by the week as we do these timelines. It's terrible. It's really terrible. Show opened with Ric Flair in the insane asylum and Charles in charge. (laughs) Uh, Little Nate is running the show on the phone. Piper says he's in charge and makes Sting versus DDP for the title on this show, which takes place at the uh, end of the first hour, with Sting beating DDP clean with a death drop to win the WCW belt in a really good match with some pretty great heat. Uh, a lot of fun. Sting's your new champion. Thanks for coming, Paige. Or so we think. <laughs> you see, now, when he challenged Paige, was it last week or yes. before? Wow, that's a good storytelling. Yeah. Well, it's come back two weeks. Yeah, two, two weeks, weeks ago. Two weeks, man. He's got his yeah. match now. Takes the old Bruce Forsyth to do that. that <laughs> um, Rey Mysterio Jr. beat Psychosis to get the Cruiserweight title back. So that's a one-week run for Psychosis. Let's just flip these fucking belts, shall we? Uh, they showed Hogan going in for knee surgery, and Hogan was walking into the hospital, chatting casually to Eric Bischoff. Walking across the water to get into hospital. <laughs> no, right. no. Uh, th- uh, Melson just goes off on one here, saying these guys have no clue. If Hogan can walk, he can wrestle. If he's having surgery, fans have to believe he's hurt. He wouldn't sell the injury, and thus if he doesn't care, and it's not portrayed like a big deal, no one will care, and if they don't care, they don't buy tickets. (sighs) They showed Flair going crazy in the mental hospital. You got Asia there as the the jacked-up nurse. You got the amateur wrestling on the floor. You got these, I'm sorry, howling... Mongoloids. (laughs) Yes, a bunch of David Flairs running around. Exactly what I was thinking. It's, it's you know you got, you got a guy there. Eugene's Eugene's everywhere a guy who's just screaming woo at the, that Fleckles triple A for some reason and then all of a sudden Scott Hall walks in wearing the gown like for no reason no context Scott Hall just fucking walks in for a three second cameo and then they just cut to fuck like he's been there all along <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of genius. That's brilliant. That was the best thing they did on <laughs> Best place for him. Oh, Christ. I hope that was an accident. I like the fact they actually got him there to do this. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, boy. Scott Hall showing up at the mental home. The, the fact that this ultimately results in Ric Flair being bailed out. 
from the insane asylum because apparently you can do that. That's of course, you can. Well, well, two hours. Well, according to TV, he's in there for seven days. Well, if he can be bailed out, why the fuck did they leave him in there for seven days? <laughs> no, you want to stay there for a while. Oh, maybe I just need a bit of personal time. Anyway, Scott Steiner beats Randy Savage via DQ in one minute when Savage accidentally brushed up against referee Charles Robinson who immediately called for the DQ. They never even locked up. It probably spared us from what would have been a terrible match so I'll let that one go. We get a, uh, a, a, a Kevin Nash promo. And by the way, I think it's actually worth pointing out Kevin Nash's promos this month are fucking terrible. Yeah, they're really really bad. But for a guy who has like, the reputation of like this charismatic guy who can kind of talk a little bit, his promo is fucking stunk in April. It, it's like a month... And he's the for, booker. For, for anyone who, who who's listened to our review show of Bash at the Beach where we re- reference Nash's promos, or Nash's promo, I should say that night, this is like a month of those. Yeah, it's, it's fucking... It's crap. Absolute crap. Of course, that promo does set up a four-way, another four-way for the WCW title. Sting defending the belt against Paige, Nash, and Goldberg. Goldberg getting another chance, his third this month, at getting the WCW title back. With no emphasis. No, not one bit. Dallas Page wins the belt back when Randy Savage throws an object to Page who hit Nash with it and gave Nash the diamond cutter for the win. That Nash is so generous to do the job in this situation, of course he's getting the strap in two weeks at the (laughs) pay-per-view. So uh, there you go. Despite coming off the best Nitro in months the previous week and following it up with three title changes in one show on this week's Nitro... They saw that Godfather rating. They did. That's what did it. That's what it did. Nitro's audience dropped <laughs> in the third hour. Raw did a 6.0 to Nitro's 3.9, itching their way back We're down. back into those threes, people. <laughs> Stay the course. There was only one close period. WCW, knowing how much damage had been done in recent weeks with the unopposed first hour, tried to load it up this week with a lot of Roddy Piper and Ric Flair interviews and vignettes, and made the point that a Page vs. Sting title match would start before Raw and then go on into the first head-to-head quarter. That first head-to-head quarter did a 4.9 for Nitro to Raw's 5.3. It was never close again, with major embarrassments like the Kevin Nash interview doing a 3.3, losing to a 6.3 for Vince and Austin in the ring, the Hulk Hogan surgery segment doing a 3.4, losing to Mankind and Big Show versus Bossman and Tess doing a 6.3, and the biggest embarrassment of all, after Sting and Page had torn the house down with a world title change with a clean finish, the four-way where Page got it back did a 3.3 and a 3.6 overrun, compared to the Black Wedding doing a 6.3 and a 6.8 overrun. <laughs> Another major flop is Savage's first match in 10 months did a 3.6 quarter hour. It really starting to look like there's nothing they can do anymore. <laughs> they've burned out every option with the top guys. There is nowhere to go. And they've got no one to blame but themselves. Just think if they, they might have had half a chance if they hadn't made Flair a walking joke and actually put some emphasis on Goldberg. Well, that's the thing. Those, that's, those are the only two things they didn't try during this month. We talked about cumulative effect and momentum all the way through when WCW were on top. This is, you know, it's not exactly hard to say. This is exactly opposite. No, of course. Side now. Yeah, they, there's many. They had a really fun show the week before. It doesn't matter. Um, all these title matches it takes like, months of that. Yeah, it's and and the cumulative effect they have is they just is they confuse the fan base because it's stuff changes from they say one week to the next. It's not usually that entirely relevant um, until they decide to go something back to something from six months ago, <laughs> um, and then do things that betray what we've seen just, recently. Yeah, it's it's just it's like Japanese war torture. Eventually, you just stop caring. And that bears fruit of the 
ratings half the audience they'd rather sit through Undertaker's shit because something's going to happen that is presented as relevant Steve Austin might come out and bash the fuck out people more importantly Steve Austin yeah and they know they're going to get that because that's what they deliver every week so you know what you're going to get he's going to do something you don't know exactly what he's going to do but he's going to do something Whereas the other shows, yeah, so what if they do a couple of title changes? It'll be irrelevant next week. It's, 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 you're not engrossed. There's no anticipation. You can't give show. a fuck. You can't, yeah, you, can't it's give impossible fuck. to give a fuck. Yeah. And despite having all this litany of st- proper stars still. And far, far more talent than the oh WWF has. Yeah, everything. Um, it's, it's becoming a massive. Yeah, well, what, what haven't you mentioned in the last couple of weeks of Nitro? You haven't mentioned Benoit or Malenko. I mentioned them once. Oh, they wrestled the Armstrongs, <laughs> those superstars. You know they've been they've been embroiled in the the tag team feud with Ray and Kidman and uh, and Raven and Saturn. Nice down there in the middle, you know. Yeah. But actually, it was, it's 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 a telling thing because obviously we did those three timeline shows back to back, January, February, March, uh, about a month or two ago, and I thought that was like the real kind of turning point as as we kind of went over it and looked at it in terms of, and they were all over the fucking place anyway. But at least they had the idea that they were heading somewhere, and look at it now. If you ask them what they're going to do at Starcade at the end of the year, Whoa. what the fuck are they doing then? Not a clue. Not a fucking clue. They, they don't know what they're doing next week. No, they don't. Let, let alone at the end of the year for their big show. It's, yeah, it's just a disaster at this point. Smackdown aired on UPN on April 29th and did a 4.0 rating. Figures that have to be considered disappointing since it was heavily promoted with a Raw-like broadcast and did numbers that were nothing close to Raw level. Of course, the, uh, there's a few big stories on this show, the main one being the formation of the Corporate Ministry. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that, that one brief, bright moment we had with, with Austin in the chair has now been replaced with the terrible heel group that is the ministry and the corporation without the rock so let's go down the rogues gallery here Undertaker and Shane are the bosses Paul Bearer is there Triple H is there China's there Bossman, Midian, Viscera, the Acolytes am I missing anybody? not important oh the posse <laughs> the posse just to beef up the numbers in case you didn't have enough losers in this group that's the corporate ministry all right, yep. we need some heels. It's like Billy, hurry up! What's great about this, Hank? It's like it's the NWO in reverse. It's like you had the the, the red and black and the, and the white and black to start, with, and then you merged them. Mm. Not a good theme song. That's the nicest thing I can say for him. Did they? I thought so. I thought it was hideous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a classic merger. Don't you love those Jim Johnston no, mergers? No, I don't. I don't yearn for the days of the Jerry Show entrance music. You don't? No. What about the current Tyler Breeze Fandango hybrid? Cesaro. Cesaro and the, that's, yeah. That's the worst one for me. I hate that one. The, the, the Goldust Stardust one was pretty awful. Ugh. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Mergers in wrestling don't work. Um, the, 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 next, the next good one will be the first. Mr. Ass argued with Road Dog and attacked X-Pac, so I guess he is now a full-fledged heel. Owen Hart returns in the Blue Blazer gimmick on this show, which obviously become a lot more pertinent next uh, episode of the timeline for very unfortunate reasons. And in the main event, Austin and Rock go up against Triple H and The Undertaker. That's right, Austin and Rock are a tag team in the main event against the newly formed Corporate Ministry. And of course, we get no finish and a big schmars uh, at the end. At this point, there is no deal with the WWF for a one-hour show, but UPN, based on these ratings, would like a weekly show on Tuesday nights from 9 to 10 p.m., but would like the WWF to sell the advertising and pay for the costs. 
So you do all the work, boys. We'll reap the rewards. So there you go. That's the strategy. Smackdown, they're looking to uh, add this at the fall. We'll see what actually happens here. And again, not a big fan of this. They kind of seem with Thunder, but I don't know the show would do. And, well, we'll see. Also on April 29th, Kieran's boy, Juventud Guerrero, and Carl's boy, Jerry, Lightning Foot Flynn, <laughs> were both arrested at 2am on drunken driving charges. Guerrero was arrested at gunpoint and charged with a DUI, fleeing police, reckless driving, and running several stop signs. Okay, he was, he was on the loose. He's hilarious, he finally <laughs> getting arrested. Flynn was charged with a DUI. Both were tested at more than double the legal limit. There was no punishment whatsoever, and they were told, don't do it again, by WCW. <laughs> a stern warning. Mm. WCW... See, they told him not to drink, and he went to pills. How's that going to turn out? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, another one of those horrible patterns for wrestlers. Got a few uh, closing notes here before we wrap up this episode of the timeline. WCW is coming out with Goldberg, Hogan, Savage, and Sting air fresheners. <laughs> Kevin Nash too because the TV show stinks <laughs> <laughs> the company that is marketing them wanted the first four and WCW begged them to include Nash <laughs> of course I bet Hogan smells of dirty money <laughs> is sandwiches like Slim Jims or Geritol <laughs> Viagra <laughs> they're not Goldbergs would be probably despair at this point <laughs> smell of despair musk <laughs> Kevin Nash has to smell like Tresemme. You know. <laughs> Perfect. Barry Windham is actually out of action because he's having liposuction on his gut. So that's Long, long overdue. <laughs> I work for The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and The Big Show too, for that matter. Due to the Columbine High School tragedy that recently happened, WCW has dropped the Alex Wright gimmick and we're bringing him back with something different. He'd appeared in the crowd as Berlin, but they'd referred to him as Alex Wright uh, in the middle of that four-way cruiserweight match we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're dropping it now because of the Columbine High School tragedy because of the, uh, the trench coat that was involved. I never knew the story behind that. Yeah, that's the reason why WWF officials were less than thrilled with a photo of The Undertaker in a USA Today story listing things in pop culture that may have inspired the shootings in Colorado. Uh, of course, he's there. Was he standing next to Marilyn Manson, was he? Uh, apparently so. Or all those uh, figures that are responsible for murder, apparently, yeah. in our society. Both WWF and WCW have made it clear to TV news people that want interviews with people in their companies that no interviews are allowed to ask any questions about drugs in wrestling or deaths of wrestlers. So that should tell you how seriously uh, they're taking dealing with that head up, I suppose. <laughs> if it didn't, if you don't talk about it, it'll just go away. Talk about it? Did it even happen? Probably not. I guess it didn't. <laughs> Uh, and on with the show look over there the show must go on to wrap this up this episode of the timeline we have a note from the torch here who talk about the kind of backstage machinations over the last month those who watch closely say Stephanie McMahon displays more of an interest in the inner workings of the WWF and pays more attention to how things work than Shane McMahon does oh dear Ooh, it begins it begins and on that note I want to uh, wrap up this episode of the timeline with your closing thoughts on uh, the television the pay-per-views the direction both companies are going in what the <laughs> I know that you're, what you're going to say in the direction of WCW, but I want you to get it all out in one big ball of fury because I think what's interesting during this period of time is that the WWF isn't exactly setting the world afire either with television. No, well, we, we've we talked before about how a lot of things from '99 don't don't hold up um, 
by well, I don't necessarily want to say by today's standard given the current product, but it doesn't um doesn't hold up well unless it's rock or Austin. Am I being a bit harsh on the rest of the company when I say that? I don't think so. Occasionally Vince will have his moments. Vince has his moments, but but outside of that, thank God for those two. And thank God they take up enough of the TV time in an entertaining way that I don't feel I've completely wasted my life going back and watching these. <laughs> um, so nothing else in the WWF is captivating your imagination at the moment here as we go through this timeline. Oh, Christ, no. The Ministry? No. No. Don't be so insulting. <laughs> the Kane X-Pac saga yet? Um, the Mr. Ass turn? Kane and X-Pac is it? That, that that's at least interesting, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to scream from the rooftops for the formation of the union. <laughs> Christ. Um, but you know, the, 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 it's a bit like WCW in the sense that you've got a, some guys that are hot, and, and when they're hot, you know, rising tide lifts all lift all ships. So, it, it, in that sense, for that for the company, it's working. As for WCW. What direction? <laughs> what fucking direction? The only direction, the only direction I can see are TV ratings and they're going down. The other direction is pay-per-view buy rates and they're going down. Live attendance for house Live shows. Live attendance is going down. Yeah, it's in the shitter. One of the things that we haven't mentioned that is actually a constant through all these episodes of the timeline, it's always the note that I leave out, is how many no-shows there are on the house shows. People phoning in saying, can't make it, not going to do it, don't want to show up this weekend, want a week off. All these, like, fucking Goldberg and Ric Flair advertising the dark match, neither of them shows up to Thunder. Stuff like that. Like, it's it's cut. It's like, it, there's always these little things. I always just leave out because I always think, no one's going to care about that. But again, you talk about, you know, the, the cumulative effort or the cumulative effect of, of these things. Like, just people, no one's going to fucking pay for these shows live. <laughs> But even it's just emblematic of the company as a whole. There's, there's no sense of direction from the creative side. There's clearly no sense of authority from the management side. Hence, suspension with full pay, firing with full pay. <laughs> you were naughty boys. Don't do it again. Full pay. <laughs> so I, I think I think Rude is still getting paid after he died. As well. <laughs> Five years. The, the company as a whole. Drug is, tests don't matter. Drug tests with no consequence. You don't even have to turn up for one. Just have a bad back. It's okay. Just write us a letter saying you're clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to write it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just turn up with piss in a cup. We'll believe it's yours. <laughs> the, the, the company is, is reaping what it's sowed. And going back and watching the television during this month, fuck's sake, how completely just jumbled and all over the place and how you just look at it and you watch, it, you watch this TV for a month you have no idea what the top guy, who the top guy is you have no idea what any issues are you know, it's just, they just change from week to week but it's probably for that reason alone from Savage to Flair to Piper to Flair to Flair to Sting Flair to Nash and never to Goldberg never to Goldberg Goldberg and Nash are hugging that is probably why Spring Stampede sticks out so much in, in your memory and mine we, we've talked about that show you know, countless times in the past it sticks out because it's it's the one example of a fun, enjoyable show during all the shit that's just flying around with WCW. Yeah. Yeah, this WCW roster, the undercard, should absolutely be massacring the WWF. Massacring them. But you know, they're so talented. I mean, and absolutely... Not only are they doing nothing most of the time, when they do stuff... 
they're quickly shunted around and made irrelevant so anything they have done that's good in the past week or two it wouldn't be two weeks in a row because they'd have changed after the first week nothing's left to percolate nothing's left to simmer nothing's left to get over and emphasised on who are you supposed to get behind I have no fucking idea because everyone chops and changes or is tweener which is a phrase I hate even more than work right <laughs> um it's, Tweener is just a phrase for people who aren't over. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favourite catchphrases. Um, he's a. Uh, so what you got on the show? Is, I mean, you got a lot on the show, sorry. You got fucking shitload of stars still. What happened to Ray Mysterio's big push? From oh March? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. But it went so, off a cliff. But they're all so much better without the masks. Uh, yeah. so, so this week. <laughs> Did he really? Yes. They, uh, big, oh, I must have missed that. Big discussion about how he and Hoovy have improved so much. They're all so much better when they do. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Tony. Ray Ray's bank balance doesn't say so. Just and then on the other side, okay, the undercard shit, and you don't really get a lot of good matches apart from probably Austin and Rock. Um, but they're so fucking over now. They're to this new audience that's been cultivating wrestling over the past two years or so. They're now the shit. No one gives a fuck about Randy Savage anymore because he is old news. He's now. old news. And they're doing their best. Hogan is old yeah, news. Yeah, and they're doing their best with the stuff they say in their verbiage and the way they act to emphasise that they're the old news and Rock is Rock more so than Austin really Austin interesting I saw a um, it was like a when that film with Kevin Hart and Rock in uh, Central Intelligence yeah and Kevin Hart's going up and one talking about how Rock's the biggest star in the history of wrestling he changed it around and Rock's kind of got this look on his face and he's kind of like he nods but he doesn't say you know because he's not going to disagree with him and I'm thinking what about, fuck, what about, fuck about Steve Austin Steve Austin did turn this whole company around but in terms of coolness going forward and what people grow and I'm again maybe I'm just thinking personally here but now the, the excitement of what's going to happen going forward is all about Rock Rock's the future is yeah the Rock is the future Rock's the one you tune in to okay still tune in to see what Austin's doing because he's so goddamn great and he's going to do something entertaining every week but in terms of how is Rock going to go up that ladder again and get to where we want him to be as our guy that's so like, that's keeping people tuning in every single week those two guys um, and it's like completely Austin in his prime yeah. in his own prime drawing year right here Rock coming up a year away from his prime year you can see it's like god damn these two guys are just meteors like we haven't seen before at the same time both baby faces now and again yeah Undertaker is is the top heel is he he's certainly by by default but yeah the more I watch Undertaker and you think retrospectively he should be really thankful he had a job for as long as he did because he doesn't add that much to the show so the fact he's there he's big and he's there and he's a name and he's like kind of got long he's got tenure yeah. uh, no that's it does he draw when's he ever drawn big money neither on his own neither as far as I know no not unless he's that's working not unless he's working with Austin I said when he's on his own yeah. <laughs> no. I think tenure is the reason yeah the reason and, and the one rare example I suppose of, of loyalty from Vince I will say I'm sure there was there were a segment of pop culture um, apart from the ones who were going around shooting school kids in trench coats who gravitated towards him to take a character and the dark the man yeah, the man sure. so there's goths uh, yeah well, yeah. Um, I, but it just doesn't yeah in the grand scheme of things he's not a big impact player for me he never has been and, well no I was going to say we'll see because obviously in the coming months he's, he's going to be the primary player here for, for, uh, for, for especially for Austin for the next three months or so so we'll we'll get to see the, uh, the, the peaks and valleys of the Undertaker mm. in this role both sides of the coin he does he does have some uh, some some high points I'm sure he does as well as some lows 
Uh, and we've, we've actually been sitting through a lot of those actually for the last four months, it feels like, doing these, uh, these timelines. But with that said, I want to thank everybody for listening. That does wrap us up this week for the timeline. Of course, the next month we'll be tackling will be May of 1999 uh, a lot of interesting things to talk about there and of course a major major news story that we'll be talking about towards the end of the month so we'll uh, be tackling that one soon on the Monday Night War timeline so join us again and we will be back soon for Carl Jones drive safe everybody and for Kieran O'Rourke absolute pleasure and Carl always and for those loyal listeners thank you for your time I am Lima Rock and we are out of here. Talk to you again soon. I love the stick on the